You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. That was Carlos Paez with Nuestras Demandas. This is the Emo Brown Show with a new guest, the neighbor, the homie down the block. We hold down the north side, he holds down the south side with breweries on 3rd Avenue. I got Tim Parker here today. A lot of shit to talk about. You guys just had your anniversary, but you didn't celebrate it, I'm assuming. That is true. We're going to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get into that. Tim Parker, welcome, bud. Cheers. Salud. My dude brought us some Chuvis Brewery 16-ounce cans. I got the LOL, 7.5%. 16-ounce cans, bro. That's where it's at, man. That's a game changer. Yep. You guys filled growlers. Did you skip completely crowlers? I went to the the four pack sixteen ounces, yep. right? Okay, yeah. Right. We went we went with the we went with the, the crowlers for a while, but we we were sleeping, not going into the four packs from the get. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more difficult of a transition, but now that we got it as well, and I see that you guys got it too. Shit, man, that's gonna put chill. That's gonna be Third Avenue more on the block than it yeah. ever was before. Uh, yeah, I just like them better than Crowlers. Me personally, like sixteen ounce. I went off what I like best. You know, if I go out and get, if you gave me an option between the sixteen ounce cans or thirty two ounce cans, I would pick sixteen. Only because if I'm, you know, done drinking the sixteen, I don't want the next one. I, it's still fresh. Close. Anyway, my dude, welcome. I've been wanting to get you on for a minute now during this whole COVID and everything going down. Tell me a little bit about Tim Parker, Chula Vista Brewery, and what is going on with you, sir? All right, so a little bit about me. Um, most people already know, what, 20 years in the military, just retired last year. Um, decided I was, I didn't want to really grow up, so I opened up a brewery. Uh, it's probably do the next 20 years of doing that, then retire. <laughs> then re- second retirement. <laughs> right, second retirement. <laughs> Damn, homie, you said you didn't want to grow up, so you decided to open a brewery. Right. I feel like I've aged ridiculously <laughs> since we opened this fucking brewery, man. Definitely. Uh, it's definitely stressful. Um, you know, but, you know, when you, I look at it more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. So as long as you, it's not a job. So for me, it's more of a hobby. So it's not necessarily a lot, of, you know, I have fun doing it. Even though it stresses me out, I still have fun. I find the fun in it. What's, what's the most fun? What is it that you look forward to when you come in? Monday morning, starting the week off at the brewery, what's the first thing you usually look for? Actually, um, it's more the end of the day I look forward to. <laughs> not, not because the day is it. Uh, but I like to see what the customer responses are. So that that's the that's that's what I'm looking for. Like uh like personal interaction or like through Yelp and shit? I, I don't care about yeah, Yelp. Yeah, I don't know. I hate Yelp. Yelp is yeah. Yelp is the goddamn devil, right. bro. It, no, I, no, thank it's, you. A, it's a pay to play type program and we don't pay and we don't pay exactly i'm more of a google google you are who google say you are so for better or for worse man yeah i pay attention more to google uh but like so i like to hear i do like to hear feedback from the customer and that which let me know if i'm on the right track or not so uh that's the the end results is what the customer is feeling like when they walk out the doors it's that satisfying moment tim so you guys now have you opened in may 
May of 2017. Correct. And you guys, your guys' story is a lot like ours in the sense that it took fucking forever to open up our spots, man. Yeah, we actually started. We were crisscrossing, right? Yeah, we were looking at the same. Yeah, places. we were looking at. <laughs> yes, we yeah. were for a minute. Yeah, not even knowing. No like right. I feel like. I didn't know what you guys were doing or who you guys were. And I'm, I always assume, like, well, they probably don't know who the fuck we are, that we're what we're trying to do. But it was always like, oh, some other brewery is looking at this spot, too. And I was like, all right, cool. Where are they from? They're from Chula Vista as well. And I was like, cool. Yeah. So because the game plan here, and I always feel like they're, uh, people was like, well, how do you feel about all these other tasting rooms and all these other bars and breweries opening up? I said, well, there's only one other brewery. You know, it's Chula Vista Brewery and it's Three Punk. But this is the one, one of the few industries. I'm sure there's others, but one of the few industries where there's strength in numbers. Exactly, dude. It's harder to operate in this industry if you're alone on an island. Exactly. You know, you need somebody here on the block that does something just like you, because nobody's gonna come down from North County, East County, uh, Mid City, or whatever to have one beer at Chula Vista Brewery, two beers at Three Punk Ales. Exactly. It's like they're gonna go to your spot. Where else can I go? Like, they get a little lubed up. They're ready to right. party. Then they go to the next one. And they go to the following one. So the best example I could give for that, you have to treat it like a winery. Mm -hmm. When you go to a winery, do you just try to go to one? <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever gone to right. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to, you know, you, you go to a bunch of different ones. You make a whole day trip out of it. And that's what most people do with breweries. They try to make a whole day trip out of it and hit up different spots. Um, because you're trying to taste different beer. You know, you just don't want to be stuck with one beer. Um, and that's why I think it works so well when breweries are right next to each other because it gives uh, the, the drink, the true craft drinkers, a place where they can go and try a bunch of different beers. And then also, we're, we're, the, we're the new ones on the block, you know, like as it relates to Third Avenue because Docs, man, I remember I turned 21 and Docs was the first place I had a legal drink here in the U.S. Because my pad, like you said, you live, I, I didn't know you live so close here to Third Avenue as well. I live right down the block on off of Third as well. So I walked over here to Docs when I turned 21, had my first few, I got shit faced like at Docs. <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know, one day, one day I want to have a, a business on Third Avenue, whether it's a bar. Back then, brewery wasn't even, a thing. when right. I turned 21, it was 1990, I'm sorry, the year 2000. So breweries were a thing, but they weren't what they had become already. You know, like Stone right. Open or what, 97, 96, uh, Coronado sometime around the same time as well. So those guys were like in there infancy stage at that point they are where we are now like three years into the game figuring out what they're gonna do and i was like fuck i want to open a bar or like a little restaurant something like that getting drunk and third avenue has always been that kind of a look that kind of appeal it's like in the middle of a neighborhood like if you're from down here you get that feel like everyone like I, i'm sure in your neighborhood too like on ours everyone's like everybody knows each other bro and now, especially more than ever, yeah. whether the yeah. fuck you want to know them or not, you know your neighbors now. Yeah, I, just, I just wave. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, hey, man, when are you guys opening? And I'm pretty sure you get those same questions, too, which is why I wanted to have you in here, dude, because you and me, obviously, we're a lot alike. Uh, you and me, we obviously have a lot of the same shit that we have to deal with as it relates to running an operation, as it relates to we have a family, as it relates to you, have a, you had a whole different career before you came in here. So it's and in essence, it's kind of like the rebirths of our careers on a different level for us exactly. so it's like i was like i was telling my dude i was like i'm gonna tell, talk to tim i need to talk to tim he, he's probably one of the dudes because every we talk very few and and far in between but when we do i feel like we have like some good shit to say right. and usually we get drunk 
Like I usually have you over to the Elwood. We'll watch right. a fight, and then we just <laughs> you, you try to get me fucked up. I don't. Here's the thing, fool. I don't. It just happens. <laughs> I think you'd be trying to slip me some hazy too. Man. Oh, like, never. I'll never slip. <laughs> well, maybe soon. Maybe soon we'll be slipping you a hazy. Now, now I got it. Now I got to question the bartender. What they're giving me? Is this a hazy? What's going on, dude? <laughs> Hazies. That's another thing that kind of came out of nowhere and took over, dude. Yeah. Shit. So you guys currently have at least two hazies. One, one hazy. One, one one, hazy. What's the name of that hazy? Uh, recipe for haze. Recipe for haze. Yeah. How does when you put that bad boy out? Did you see an uptick in sales as it relates to that one compared to everything else? Uh, yeah. I mean, the blind still sells mm-hmm. the most. Uh, and then a regular IPA. So it's, it just went to third. It jumped straight up to third. Because uh, for you guys is Werita then, right? Right. That's the that's the one that for us is Flama. So those are the two beers, and that just is, I just I think that's cultural, dude. I just yeah. think that's where we are demographically. We weren't raised to drink the big beers. We were raised. I was raised drinking light lagers, light pilsners here in the South Bay. That's what I drank. You were in the military, so obviously you probably had a whole different experience growing up in your drinking age on what you drank. But down here in the South Bay, lagers, light shit, yeah. and whiskey. Well, you know, in the military, you drink whatever you Whatever's there. So, <laughs> dude, I remember drinking and uh, shit, I was in the middle of a desert. Like, we call it the sandbox. And literally, it just, uh, they map out a box in the middle of the fucking desert sand and you just get fucking wasted bonfires and shit. And you don't know what the fuck. It was like Matty Ice or some shit or whatever. Whatever the military can get their hands on. And that was the best fucking thing. Well, of course. <laughs> shit, that was an escape problem, right, bro. You know that was an escape from so, everything. How, so when you were in the military, 20 years in, you said, right? Yeah. At that point, were you already like concocting this idea, you know, when I get out, I'm open a brewery? Uh, no, I, I think it was. It started off as the bar. Mm-hmm. And as my drinking involved, mm-hmm. I, it evolved, to, you know. So I started off always wanting, man, I want my own club. When I was in the club days, uh-huh. 21, I wanted my own club. And then as I got older and I started, you know, going to dive bars instead of the clubs, Oh, I want my own dive bar. Then as I started moving over to crap beer, oh shit, I, I want to crap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's always been in the same realm mm-hmm. of hey, I, I entertainment, want, right? Uh, and it just kind of evolved to where where I'm at now. Wh- where'd you grow up? Where, where are you from? Chicago. Chicago. Oh yeah. shit, I didn't know that. Southside, man. No, I'm actually that. from the projects. Man. Okay, tell me yeah. more. All Girl Gardens. Uh, probably I think it's still ranked as one of the worst projects in Chicago. Chirac. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I really can't complain because look how it turned out. Bro. Uh, I don't regret any of it, but it it wasn't like the best. Uh-huh. But look, uh, you made the best out of whatever you started right. and run your own your own business here on Third Avenue. Exactly. So got a beautiful family, exactly. flourishing business. You're gonna be expanding your business. That's so now cool. you're three years into the location on Third Avenue, killing it, doing great. Decided to start expanding, spread your wings a little bit. Right. So now you're looking at going where? East Lake. And what's going to go on in East Lake? Uh, so obviously it's just bigger operation. Uh, one, I keep running out of beer over here, so the good, goal is to good problem to have, brother. Yeah. Good problem to have. So the goal with the second location is one to supply East Lake with good beer, mm-hmm. and then so wait, East Lake don't have good beer right now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Damn, when we all say it, East Lake doesn't have good hey, beer right now. I mean, a lot of places got good beer, man. I just want to, you know, bring something different uh, to the table out to East Lake, um, and then. Um, and it plus it's helped to balance both both locations. That that's what that location is kind of. So you said it's a bigger operation over there. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a ten barrel system. Damn. Yeah, and with a couple twenty barrels, uh, two twenty just to cover the blind and the one IPA. Yeah, so that means you're probably gonna start canning more. Oh yeah, we got it. We we purchased in the canning machine, which means stuff. you're probably going to be distributing more. No, not really focused nice. on. So nice. both locations is still built 
really just sell all out of in-house perfect uh that's where the money is bro yeah um obviously with coronavirus that made me change how the game plan a little bit mm -hmm. uh so well i will before you couldn't get me to sell a keg <laughs> now i sell it to you um you're gonna have no problem selling it now bro yeah like not, the kegs what i've noticed since we're south bay brands we're chula vista brands we're third avenue brands we're, we don't really have a hard time selling you're, yeah you're, you're gonna see that all you got to go out is just promote yourself out there put yourself out there go to the places you enjoy drinking right. i don't know where you guys usually go and drink outside of the south bay just go out there and let them know hey you know what boom 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 whoop de woo They'll get you on. Well, it's actually been different. They've been hitting us up. There it is. Everybody's yeah, been uh, asking for a cake. So, and we've been still having a problem trying to get give them a cake because Chula Vista really supported us. At, you know, with that to go orders. So, uh, we still like right now. We still got a problem where we run out of beer a little bit. So, uh, Stick. so yeah, it's a weird thing up. to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> run out of beer is a problem. Run out of beer is a problem logistically. Yeah, because then you can't prevent. You can't give more than what you have. Exactly. Run out of beer is not a problem when it's like shit. At least you're not sitting on beer because there's beer. There's breweries that are sitting on shit that they can't yeah. move stuff, man. Exactly. But you know, I'm, I'm only five barrel, so uh -huh. you got to remember uh, with five barrels. You know, you know I, I can move roughly it. put about twenty. From 18 to 22 kegs out for each batch you probably make. Yeah, I, I, I give them more like 10. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> 10 okay. Yeah. Damn, so that's, that creates scarcity real quick. Right, right. So, you know, we are constantly off. We got to turn and burn. So uh, there's never no empty tanks. So, um, I mean, the coronavirus was a blessing in disguise, really. You know, it showed us where we were weak at, where we need to grow at, where we could work at. And, you know. You could look at coronavirus in two different ways. You could look at it as, hey, this shit is depressing, you know, and I'm about to shut it down. Or you could use it as a motivation to grow. And that's what we did. We was like, all right, let's figure out how we're going to grow in this environment. Dude, we have mouths to feed. Exactly. There, there, there is no option. You know, yes, there's the secondary source of income. You have your other job. You have, well, you have the, the, the retirement, retirement fund, everything like. Wifey works. I know I've talked to her in the past about her working. I don't know if well, she's still. Yeah, she's mainly working at the brewery now. Okay, so now it's, a, so it's like you have mouths to feed. Right. There's overhead. There's bills. So there is no better form of motivation to keep something open than a necessity, than right. actually having to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and people are always like, how are you going to say that fucking coronavirus and the quarantine and COVID is a good thing? And I was like, no, 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 no. I've never said it was a good, good thing. thing. We right. don't say it's a good thing. Obviously, it's something that we have to evolve adapt and move on from right but when you're dealt that hand that's the hand you're dealt right. as a business owner you right. got to look at it from many different angles you just don't look at it and be like oh well then shit yeah you gotta I'm gonna have to close you down. have to separate the two yes. when we say that so we saying a good thing as evaluating a business mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it gave us that opportunity to look at what we're doing and fix it you get mm -hmm. what i'm saying before we were just turning and burning yeah before we there's did. no time to look Right. analyze nothing man <laughs> you're flying by the seat of your pants it's exactly. like oh shit this 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 yeah. this this and it's like ugh. right so now it had it gave us that time you know to look at and even fix things in a brewery you know that all that to-do list that <laughs> you had one too huh <laughs> <laughs> like actually we it was funny uh i think you saw me when we was redoing all the tables yeah yeah and then the next day they put out we were still in the middle of that project when they put out we can open up and we was like i started taking all the tape down so you could still see some of the work we was doing that's not finished started but not finished when you walk in the brewery right now so like even personally liberal i mean the quarantine and the coronavirus gave and, and we've talked about this in past episodes with my partner chicle here about it, like you got to look at the good and everything 
it gave you an opportunity to take a step back from your current habits, your current routine. What's working for me right now? What's not working for me right now? We talked about like that family dynamic. If you were in a situation at home where shit just kind of flies by and it's okay because you never communicate, you're off going to work, someone's right. off going to taking kids to school and your schedules are off. This kind of gave you the opportunity. All right, well, you know what? Sink or swim. It's time to figure what we got going on out or figure an out plan for this, you know, yeah. whatever. And for us, hope, thankfully, it was like, all right, it, we just solidified the little, the, the household, man. Like, we, we, we bared down with the kiddos. Uh, wifey took the bulk of the job with a teacher because I got a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and a seven-year-old about to be eight. And they're knuckleheads. You got to stay on top of them. You have little boys, too. Yeah. So, so, you know, you got these little kids. They, they're, they're everywhere. They want to do something now. And then, oh, I want to do this. Oh, and then they just lose focus, interest, and in things quickly that it just takes a lot of work. And fortunately for me, wifey stepped up and handled it, which gave me the opportunity to look at the brewery and the bar. The bar, not so much because my partner and I just decided to pull the plug on that. I said, you know what? Let's focus on our main our main projects right now, which for me was three punk for him is a Manhattan. So we're like, Alwood, let's just kind of put it on the back burner. Let's close it down and slowly reopen it, which is now open, by the way, coming in and uh, <laughs> come on, get some cocktails. Yeah. But we, we I know he did. I know I did. And now I know you did. Everybody use this opportunity for a positive, reflective moment. What's not working? What is working? What can I do better? Yeah. What is like unnecessary? Because I found out there was a lot of unnecessary uh, processes that we have here or just things that didn't make sense. I'm like, why are we doing this when we could right. be doing this? Why haven't we gotten this when we could have already done that? Why are we like strictly going by this? I mean, the 16-ounce cans. And why are we strictly on crowlers? And why are we, It just gave me... And yeah. I'm the type of nerd that I won't be able to sleep, Tim. I'll be looking at shit and be like, how do I fix this? How do we fix this? We got to move. We got to go. Right. We got to bring the overhead down. We bring the freaking profit up. So... Your military background. I've talked to you enough to know this. You handled it. We'd like to say we're on the other side of the coronavirus. And then, boom. Now, social injustice throws its fucking wrench into the situation again. And that caused more drama. Because this happened with uh, the unfortunate with George Floyd. That happened right when they were kind of letting us right. become a little bit more free. Yeah. How'd that affect you, man? Oh, you, uh, well, it affects me... In two different ways. So you got the personal. For sure. Uh, it affected me. And it, it was more of a joy, though. And not that because someone died. The joy came in the awareness of what we've been going through. You get what I'm saying? For it was like, sure. All right, dude, people are finally aware of yep. what we've been talking about, mm -hmm. like what we've been seeing. Uh, and I'm not going to uh, – I don't want to say the wrong word, but Chula Vizca, Chula Vista could take a lot of things for granted because we do have a good police department. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You, you you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, but like being from Chicago. You've seen is, the yin and the yeah. yang, bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, when I go home to this day, I am afraid of the cops. Like, for sure. Oh, dude, right. Okay. If I get pulled over, it's a possibility that I might get shot by mm -hmm. these guys. Um, and, the, and, and my uh, cousin's a police officer in Chicago. So, uh, her, you know, she knows how it feels to be pulled over by a cop and being a copper for right. herself, so, bro. Like, Jeez. dude, she got to get that out real quick, or <laughs> she's right. Um, so I, like you said, I seen both. So I seen what bad policing is like, and I seen what's the pot. There is a possibility that you can have good policing, mm -hmm. uh, but it has to change. We can't sit here and just be like, oh. There's no, there's only a few bad cops. You know, there's a lot of bad. There's a lot cops. of bad cops, and it's a culture thing. You know what I'm saying? You, you, 
you go to L.A., they have a culture, <laughs> and it's, it's a terrible culture. Yeah. New York is a culture. You just got to say those four letters, and it's yeah. like it'll make you think twice about right. doing anything. So say, you, have change, you have to change the culture, uh, and they not you can't have them change it on their own because how many times have we tried to have them change it on their own? So you have to force that change. Uh, so you hear a lot of things like, oh, we need to abolish the police. Nope, nobody ain't trying to get rid of the police. Um, but the system of things needs to be changed. And if that's not, and we gonna have to probably change it by the rule of law first. Uh, basically like that immunity. Cops shouldn't be, have immunity for killing somebody <laughs> just because they- Nobody might, should right? have that kind of fucking power, dude. Exactly. You know, um, so, you know, like that one late girl that uh, died, that uh, the medic. Yeah. You know, that that clearly was a corrupt cop who's still not locked up to this day, who had a vendetta out on a dude for. Bro, they locked up the boyfriend. Right. They locked up the boyfriend. And this one, um, we're talking about it. Ah, fuck, I don't even know where it was. I've read so many stories lately. So it happened. Somebody, the police officers, a unit broke into somebody's apartment thinking that they were looking for somebody who had a warrant. Not knowing that the guy they were looking for was one already arrested and in custody back at right. you back in jail in the station whatever and two they broke into this dude's apartment him and his lady are there he pulls out his gun for self protection you know he's gonna protect himself self defense right. and he starts unloading and they unload and unfortunately hit the young lady right young lady passes they hit it eight times bro and you never hear it's like one and done oh shit it was like. It's always outlandish. It's always like they right. hit her 10 times. They hit him 12 times. They hit him four. It's like they unloaded three clips. Like, what the fuck? At what point do you realize, all right, you know what? Take a step back and assess what's going on. That exactly. We're in the wrong apartment. <laughs> exactly. Same thing in Georgia. I mean, the guy was out for a run and got shot. It took them how long? It took mm -hmm. them a couple months to decide they were going to lock him up. Yeah. And that was just because he was like a volunteer like police officer who wasn't even qualified to be a volunteer police officer. And the dude who took the video. Right. That's that. He's a piece of work himself, but fortunately, he brought out the video and he started like cooperating and giving people, this is what actually happened. I hit him with my truck, so I kind of wounded him, and then he got out, and then they shot him. It's like, fuck, man, how much of this shit really right. happens, and we don't know a damn thing about it. Right. You know, it happens a lot. And the funny thing, he probably released a video thinking that, hey, let's let's show we taking justice. Or this is what we do in Georgia in right. our community. It, yeah, they like, dude. Backfire. Right, yeah, yeah, it did backfire. Yeah. So that type of awareness and trying to focus on change needs to happen. And um, where do you think we are, Chula Vista, as it relates to that? Uh, I, I think Chula Vista is ahead of the game. Um, I mean, I mean, just look at the police officers. They're very diverse themselves. Yeah. I've, I've never seen a police officer with so many black cops, so many women cops, such a diverse, you know, especially they're small. I know they're smaller than, like, you know, big cities, but. I, this is the only uh, city I've ever known, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I agree with you. But, you know, in Chicago, you know, there was a few black cops. Uh -huh. but, <laughs> but most and like of you said, even like, them were a little scared, probably. Right. Yeah. So, um here is so diverse, and most of them live here and grew up here. So when I've talked to cops, I've asked them, "Is that important? You serving in the community that you live in? Does that make a difference?" He's like, "Yeah, man. I mean, one, I know the community. Right. Two, like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna approach you completely different if I live in this community because one, I know who you are. You know who my family is. I most times I know who your family is. Right. So it just gives you it, it, it humanizes everything. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's what's been going on. It's like. 
once you get that badge, I feel like it's a sense of dehumanizing the situation. It's a power trip. It's this. It's that. It's it's whatever. But you say Chula Vista is on the. I I want to agree with you. I, I I feel like you know part of the privilege of living in like a South Bay community like Chula Vista is is diverse, bro. And I've said this before. I went to Bonita High School where we were voted like one of the most diverse schools in the nation. So there was yeah. like no like oh this is a heavy white populated schools like i grew up with i grew up with a lot of dudes with white privilege i grew up with you know but to a sense we've got that privilege now that we live here you know it's like we know our neighborhood here goes something about chula vista you can almost get rid of the word diverse Hmm? because no i don't think anybody in chula vista look at it like i i don't somebody asked me about i was on the podcast the other day and that question kind of came up damn homie you doing a tour you're doing the podcast doing the or podcast what? Tour, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until after the podcast that I thought about it. And me and the wife talked about it. It's like, you know, diverse is actually a really wrong word in Chula Vista because we don't look at it no- anymore. We don't look at, I don't look at you and be like, oh, he's Mexican or you. This look at me, is all we've ever known. White, like, <laughs> you know, this um, is all we ever known. Like when exactly. people, see, when you tell somebody you're from Chula Vista, it's like, oh, Chula Vista. You, it doesn't, you, yeah. That's all you see. It doesn't matter. It's like, Chula oh, you're black, you're white, you're Mexican. No, I'm from fucking Chula <laughs> like, Vista. Dude, you, you, oh, you like burritos. You, you, you drink beer. Dude, you go to your buddy's house, he's Filipino, <laughs> and you get the Filipino. Look, I eat lumpia now <laughs> all the time. Like, Hello. We are, we have all these different cultures ingrained in us now. I've been here for 20 years. It's been ingrained in me. All it these is. different cultures, and I don't even think about it. I go to all these different restaurants. I don't think about it like that's a culture restaurant. I hate this is my this is my restaurant. Would you ever move to another city? No. Do you I find don't. it easy to raise your kids in this community then? Yes. Right? Yeah. Fuck, I don't have to. And that's what I was telling wifey is like, I feel bad that we have this privilege. But now talking to you about it, it's like, yeah, man, it's Chula Vista. It's not really like a fucking privilege that we have here. It's it's normal. Right. You know, it's like we like to an extent. I have to have that conversation with the boys as they grow yeah, up. Be like, I mean, hey, man. Because they don't have to travel far. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're going to come to an age. And then they're too young, man. I don't know how you, how old are your kids right now. They're uh, 8 and 12. The, so the 12 maybe is getting to the point where he's become more aware of things. 8 even as well. But for me, I got the 7, the 6, and the 2. And it's like, eventually, it's going to come a day where you have that talk with them. Be like, all right. This is the society we live in. We're fortunate enough to live, live in Chula Vista where it's like everything is serene. And and I've had and I'll make another comparison as it relates to the beer world right now too. But it's like I feel like well we'll have to have that conversation. It's like you know you, you got to adhere to rules. You have to yeah. adhere. You have to be respectful. You know, not necessarily respect everybody until they show you that they deserve that respect, but approach everybody with respect, which is different. You know, you, yeah. you yes sir, yes ma'am, okay, no problem. Like there's certain things being Mexican outside of Chula Vista that you're gonna have to do. Exactly. There's certain things being black outside of Chula Vista that you're gonna have to fucking do. Right. Like fortunately in here for now, you're not gonna have to do it. And I relate that to like the beer world, because Chula Vista, we're in a fucking bubble, dude. Yeah. I mean, things that happen in, in, in the business aspect of beer and brewing and this industry, I feel like maybe is ten years ahead of what happens here. Right here we we have breweries, we have neighborhood breweries, we have both have very popular neighborhood breweries that people look forward and come to and and that's it. And like, there's there's <laughs> nothing else, you know? Right. It's like, that's what we don't have to worry about this. We don't have to worry about that. It's like, no, we have to worry about making enough beer, having the staff to handle it, making sure everybody's playing like by the rules, you know, like when to cut people off, whatever, like here in the brewery. And that's, that's a wrap. It. Yeah. That's a wrap. You know, it's like people know it's like, okay, we're going to go to Chula Vista. Okay, now we're going to uh, Barcinombre. Then we're going to go to Groundswell. It's like we provide that atmosphere. I feel like it's still like some sort of union here where. 
everybody backs each other. Where I feel like outside of Chula Vista, it's like it's different. I almost want to say it's like Pleasantville here, even yeah. though Pleasantville goes backwards at the end. But it's very chill here. And I don't want to leave because it's making it easy to raise our family here. Right. And it's making it easy to run a business here. Exactly. We fucking lucky, man. Yeah, we <laughs> we lucky. Yeah, but like I say, you don't have to go far. I mean, shit, I don't go to Santee. Like, Why would you, my man? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I got my buddy. He's over there pretty close to the El Cajon, Santee area. And, it's wild right now, man. And, um, you know, I just go straight there and back. Mm-hmm. I don't stop and get gas over there. I don't do nothing over there. Uh, it's just because I don't trust that area. You like, so what do you feel when, like, because I was reading something this morning where, like, residents from Santee are like, I don't know why we have this bad fame of being racist and, <laughs> and, and this, that, and the other. And that you guys just are giving us a bad rap. And I'm thinking about it. It's like, okay, I'm 41 now. I've been to Santee less than 100 times in my life. Right. And 80 of those times in my life is because we opened this brewery out in Santee first before we found this spot. So I was kind of like forced to be out there. And I was like, fuck, I'm it's like, I don't feel comfortable out here, man. I, I, you yeah. just get there and you just feel it's like a big old blanket thrown on top of you. It's like, oh, it just feels uncomfortable being out here. Yeah. I mean, they trying to get rid of their nickname. I, I, I give them credit for trying to get rid of their nickname. But this is this is people that still want to be a denial. They, they don't want to acknowledge what's going on around them because they're comfortable. And this is where we have to make we those are the people we need to get a, get get the word to cuz we need to make them uncomfortable we need to so they can see and they can understand that yes change needs to happen they're shook right now right but if you as long as you keep allowing these people to be comfortable it's going to continue to happen because they are the majority you know what i'm saying so we need they vote too if we the minority and you know we what what 3% of the vote yeah bro <laughs> well you know we losing uh, and it's funny, it, but it's working. If you go look at the marches, you see more white people Ooh. than the minorities. Yeah. And it's not like we, but it just shows who the majority is. It's not that we're not out marching. It's just, hey, you are the majority yeah. and we need your help. Um, it shows two so. things. It shows, yeah. It shows like, goddamn, we think we're a lot of people in Chula Vista. You know, like there's a lot of Mexicans in Chula Vista. Yeah. But then you leave Chula Vista, it's like, oh, damn, there's not that many Mexicans. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's right. a lot of white people. <laughs> and it shows other things like, uh, more of the white people are showing that you know what? No, this is, this has to be done. Like there's a change that needs to be done, and it has right. to occur. And I'm I'm happy with that, man. I'm happy that I, people are uh, acknowledging and acting on it. Well, I think it's because of the younger generation. The younger generation is growing up where they are much closer to each other than how me. And, I grew up in an all black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The only time I saw white people was teachers and cops. That was it. You know what I'm saying? Where our kids here, especially in San Diego, they go to school, their friends is all different colors, different shades, and they're not looking. Like you said, racism is taught. You know what I'm saying? So they're not being taught racism. You know, they just look. So when they see their buddy just happening to their friends, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, they looking at it. they taking that person. Yeah, that's my dude. That's right. my boy. That's you, my friend. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So where before, you know, back in my day, wouldn't take it person because they didn't know me. So, and they just looked the other way. Oh, that's sorry. I was watching uh, KUSI the other day, and I was noticing how tone deaf Dan Platt was. Like, the guy got arrested for smoking. Like, when have you ever seen somebody get arrested for smoking a cigarette? Which they have no video of him smoking a cigarette. He was just sitting there, right? Uh-huh. So, they claimed, but he was like, he was like, oh, he's smoking a cigarette. And he shook, shrugged his shoulders like, well, he shouldn't have been smoking a cigarette. And then he went on an emotional spill. 
Jesus. about the farmer's market being closed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you got this kid being harassed and arrested, but all you, you and you didn't show no sympathy or remorse or, hey, we need to stop this. But as soon as so they counsel the farmer's market and <laughs> OB. You was fucking all up in arms. Yep. He was literally sad. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude? It just shows you, yeah, bro. It was like, dude, so tone deaf. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like, it was tone deaf, and it was him wanting to look the other way. Like, I don't really. He only did that segment because the nude forced him to. Oh yeah, he for really, sure. He really he wanted. Did, he talk. really wanted to fucking focus on the on the farmers market being farmers up and market, <laughs> which is you know which is fact affected him and him only and you know and his white people in in OB. And that's when right. people like. That's what it's got to change, but, man. But I tell you what, I, I feel like OB made them look bad because OB, while they shut down the farm market and all the stores, they had a fucking party hmm? and they brought everybody out. Hmm? And I didn't see his ass out there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what's he really that's fucking not, fighting that's, for? That wasn't, that's not what he wanted to promote. No. You get what I'm saying? He was calling calling people punks and morons on TV and it was like, dude, they're not punks and morons. they frustrated and they upset and they mad. Same way you fucking mad about a stupid ass farmer's market, yeah. we mad about being killed. You know, more shit, more relevant right. shit, <laughs> yeah, shit that actually like, matters. Homie, yeah, you're gonna have like, to get your squash down the block. I'm yeah, sorry, you, you know exactly. I could, for all I give a fuck to save one life, that farm market could never open back yeah, up. Just one, right? Fuck, just close one all life. of mar- exactly. close all the fucking farmers markets. Exactly. So, and that's just it's people like him that we need to get get the word to and make them understand. Stop looking the other way. Quit trying to quickly turn your attention. Oh, let me focus. You gotta on this. grab that dude's head and make him look at the problem. Right. And they don't want to, man. They don't want to acknowledge that there's a problem because they're living in a world where it's like, nah, man, that doesn't exist. Nah, man. You know, exactly. you, you know, you don't want to get harassed by police. Listen to what they say. Exactly. You, you, you don't want to get, uh, you don't want to get put in jail. Follow the rules. But as soon as motherfuckers say you can't do this, you can't do that, they arm themselves up. They go to city hall with guns and said, "You're taking away our freedoms." Oh. All of a sudden, now it matters to you, right? And it's like people just got to realize that there's a bigger issue going on, and that, and now in San Diego, dude, the protests are going crazy. Yeah, and for some reason, I feel like you know the, the coronavirus was put on timeout because everybody's like, everyone's cheek to cheek in the streets right now, protesting for that better cause, which is awesome. But it's like, oh shit, what happened to the Rona? I guess the Rona's taking a nap yeah, real quick because yeah. oh man, yeah, it's still it's still that. Um, I, but like I love it. I, I you know I, one thing I would say I don't think people should be t- destroying property because some of these properties being destroyed is black owned mm-hmm. and minority owned. Mm-hmm. You know because where were we, man? As soon as they gave us like a heads up, like hey guys on Third Avenue home businesses, yeah, there's some rumors coming down that shit might go crazy on Third Avenue. Fool, you were out in front of your business. Yeah. I was out in front of my business, and we were just like, all right, what what's going on? What do we do? One, we support the movement. We support the cause. Two. And this is a completely different take. Not everybody who's protesting is protesting for the same cause. Right. You know, like I feel like there's two shifts to the protests that have been going on in the last week and two weeks since everything started happening. There's the day shift. The day shift is all about, you know, progression and we we gotta remove the blinders of people. People gotta realize what's really going on. You know, you're not paying attention to us, we're gonna be loud. It's like and I tell my wife, it's like when there's a problem with a with a toddler. A toddler doesn't know how to get your attention and stuff from wilding out, acting crazy, and, and throwing a fit. Right. That's what the majority of us are doing right now. You know, we're like, we're loud, we're crazy, we want you to pay attention. This is an issue, this is a problem that needs to be addressed. Right. And that's perfectly healthy, and that's beyond 110% acceptable right now. But I feel like at night, at night it's a whole different ball game being played, look, man. man. Look, I'm going to tell you, I really don't, get, I don't really care if they set fires. Mm-hmm. Like, 
just if you gonna do some dumb shit, do it the right way. Like, yeah, dude. I, you know, it was funny, which I don't support this. I shouldn't be saying it over the radio. But it. Like, <laughs> it was like, dude. Like I, I remember when in Minneapolis and they did all that shit, and the first thing popped in my head, like, why are they burning down the neighborhoods? If anything, burn the damn police station down. They eventually did. <laughs> Fuck, they burned everything. Everything got burned in the city. Uh, but you know, like if you're going to protest, don't go protest in the black neighborhood. They already know how violent it is in the black neighborhood. Go protest to those white people neighborhoods so they can wake up and see uncomfortable. Right. And, and you know, what's funny is the white people, the police making it pretend like they can't protect neighborhood. I call bullshit. Cause look at, have there really been any protests in Santee? No, they just been shutting everything down, preventing everybody from coming over protest. They fucking closed off the Coronado Bridge to protect all those rich white people. Like you can't even cross that motherfucker. Yeah, they shut the whole bridge down. And that's that's the whole narrative, bro. So when when it comes to protecting your white neighborhood, you gonna make sure it's protected. But the minority neighborhood, you gonna let them go trash it, burn it. You gonna let them do whatever. It's like, dude, don't let these people. Come from outside your neighborhood, make cocktails and throw, burn your shit down, and then you aid and abet them by rushing in like, oh shit, I'm gonna rush in. And, like, no, nah, man, you protect yeah. your neighborhood. They're instigating. They're setting right. traps, and we're falling right into it. Right, because they they don't live in these neighborhoods. No, man, they're gonna right. get picked up, yeah, or whatever, and then dip out. Most most of them don't even care about the you know most some of these people you looking at them walking around white people with guns. Mm. Yeah, like, dude, they don't even care about your protest. They just. They just want to set some shit on yeah. fire and watch you destroy your own neighborhood. Because it creates a whole narrative. Look, right. they don't even respect the neighbors that they're from. Uh, this is what these exactly. minorities do and whoop de woo. So, it's a crazy game, man. Yeah. There's there's a there's there's a lot of storylines that are going on, and this this ain't new. But I I, I am, but I think mm-hmm. we trying to take it back. I, I am getting the stories coming out where people are, you know. Even I saw one yesterday where they protected the cop when he was by himself. Yes. You know? Yeah. What like the he cop got lost should, from his unit and right. everybody just built what, a little wall the, around What him. the cops should be doing, is, what they did for the cops, that's what the cops should be doing for them, you know? Um, the people should be able to march and the cops should be protecting them while they march. Not, yep. trying not to antagonizing them, with, right, them and, and freaking them harassing them. And shit. Yeah, so, and then when you see somebody doing wrong, you should go and grab them, pull them out, and that's, that, that's the person that needs to be arrested. You know, instead of letting them come in and destroy stuff and then try to blame it on the whole crowd. And the media has a certain responsibility, right. dude. The, the media has to come out and stop showing the same footage over and over of, like, police officers beating the shit out of If they're doing it, obviously highlight it. Then let them know, like, fuck, hold them accountable. But I saw a video as well last night where there was a, a, a protest and everybody who was protesting took a knee. And then the whole police force took a knee as well. Right. And it was like, you got to highlight shit like that. Not all police officers dude, are coming for dude, you. Not <laughs> only, it's so crazy about that is um, they literally was to speak about it for like, they wouldn't even give it 30 seconds. It, you may get a picture and that's it. And it was like, oh, the cop took a knee. And they give you 30 minutes of some bullshit about violence. Like, dude, yeah. I need 30 minutes of this. This. Because guess what? It changes the whole image, man. Right. It changes the the whole image. It it actually will put that type of energy out for other people to follow and let people, it will guide people on what they should be doing and the right way to do it. But as long as we keep putting all these, the negative image, that's what they're going off of. That's what we're feeding into the air. You get what I'm saying? So, because I'm a big believer, hey, you know, whatever's in the air is out there and people is going to naturally gravitate. They're going to gravitate to that, man, whether it's positivity or negativity. For the longest time of this going on right now, it's been negative. 
negative, 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 negative. And we're just as as humans, as right. family guys, as dads, as business owners, we're like, well, fuck them. We're protect, 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 protect. You know, we yeah. got to make sure that we're protecting. You got to just look at the, the like the like the coronavirus. We got to look at the positive of it. Yeah. Okay. Because it is a time to reflect. All right. Another unfortunate death happened at the hands of a police officer. Fuck. Well, you know what? Let's use this as a moment to raise awareness. If exactly. that's the positive that we can bring from this, let's go full force. Exactly. Let's hold people accountable. Let's call people out that need calling out. Exactly. I don't know about you. I don't know, like, as it relates to the running the brewery, like, for us running the brewery, too, like, I'm getting shit. Like, I've gotten feedback, whether on my personal page and, and or on, like, on the business page, just because I'm saying, like, together we rise is whatever, or it's, like, Black Lives Matter, or, like, you know, I'm getting shit. Oh, lives matter. And, and, and white people lives matter. And blue lives matter. And why not in this? I'm not going to support you if you keep doing that. And I'm like, bro. Like, if that's the stance, if that's the hill that you're looking to die on, I can't help you with that. Like, currently, this is what needs the highlight. This is what needs Look, attention and pe- awareness. People need to understand, like, like I'm not against cops. Nope. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for my bad back getting out of the military, I would have tried to be a cop before mm-hmm. I opened up a bird. But the, the toll it took on my body in the military just wouldn't allow that to happen. You know, so I not only have respect for cops, shit, I wanted to be a cop. So, um... But I also see the other side. I'm not trying to be shot and killed just for being black nope. while driving. Hello. Like, dude, like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we that's what we trying to tell people. Like, it's nobody. Like, dude, some of those half of those people out there actually want to be cops. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that they have anything against cops. What they trying to say is we need some type of real change. Uh, for blowback. Um, oh, you know me, man. I, that shit rose. Oh yeah, I, I, might... treat, I treat that shit like a Yelp review. Go you know? ahead, like, yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> but if you want to have the conversation, let's have the conversation. I think most of the people who are giving the blowback are not necessarily the people who are patrons of our spots, bro. No, I, it, I, you know, it, it's people who who still in denial. You know, it's like they, it's almost like the Kaepernick thing. People still, in, you know, what's funny? You know who taught Kaepernick how to kneel like that and why he kneeled like that? What's up? It came from the military. It came from the military. So, you know, we would all line up. You'll put the boots, the soldier boots and stuff out and doing national, you know, you play, you know, um, you'll kneel for those who died. And so when he was trying to figure out how he was going to protest, uh, I think it was actually a special forces guy okay. who told him about that. When we kneel for the people who died, when we was deployed right before you came back home and stuff. Um Taught him that, and that's where he got it from. He, so that's how he could still show respect for the flag, but still bring awareness to you know people that was dying. Not according to media. Not according. Well, you because know what I mean? we 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 let the the narrative take the over. The narrative take nah. over. Oh, it's about soldiers dying, and it's like, dude, I'm out here fighting for my country, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what he's doing it for, but you know, you got you know Fox News and yeah. all these other. Stupid stuff Want to try to take over And then you got The NFL Big corporation They worried about their money Uh, And bottom line It's money bro It is Money pushes everything It does I mean even for my business I try to I try to separate The two You know As much as possible Um, Like we don't We're not outlandish From either side Of the spectrum You know And it's not like We're like going crazy On one end And completely I see what you guys do You see what we do We don't We don't we keep it simple. We keep it direct. Yeah. We're not dying on a, on a hillside of this is what only this. It's like, no, man. It's like, yeah. if you don't see it and if this one phrase bothers you, 
I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Have you lost friends? Have you lost yeah. like acquaintances right now with that shit? It's like I heard it the best way. Here's the problem with all lives matter. Like, let's 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 fix the black lives first, <laughs> brown lives first, and stop killing them. And then we're gonna start worrying for all lives. You know what I'm saying? We need to take the baby step. Right now we can't worry about all lives because we're not worried about white people ain't getting shot nope. for having a cigarette. No sir. <laughs> you know, or going for a jog. Or you sitting at the park and you got some white lady calling the police on you. Like, dude, I work hard to live in this fucking house. You know, half a million. I, I paid just a half a million dollars just like you did for this fucking yeah. house. My but money you, spends the same right? as yours. <laughs> you, you know, know we earned it just so as hard, probably harder. I'm going to enjoy my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't be because I'm, you know, I shouldn't have, have to pay all the same money as you to live in the neighborhood, but can't enjoy it because you're going to call the cops on me for being black while at the park. Like, fuck you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I paid my Melaroon for this shit, too. Oh, man, you pay Melaroon? No, no. Oh, but fuck, you scared me. I was like, what? Parks, <laughs> you know, that eat, like. He's like, don't fuck around. They check your HOA, Melaroon. No, but those good parks is where that Melaroon is at. You know, like, yeah, you know, we, we got that hood. That's the hood. That's, the hood. that's, that's a good park that we <laughs> yeah, have, man. You yeah. got to fight with the bums sometimes. To use I the enjoy it, though. You know, I, we were talking about earlier about, because you thought I lived in East Lake, uh-huh. which I do have a house out there. I really didn't. Damn, look at you dick swinging. Oh, yeah, I, I have I, a house in East Lake I, but in I the really, West Side, too. <laughs> I, I really didn't. Wasn't It wasn't my feel. You get what I'm saying? It's a little more higher class neighborhood. You know, I feel like I need to be with my, my you know, my hood tightness. You know, Bro, from the projects. I needed to see a little bit of that. <laughs> we, I, when we got married, wife and I have been married now 15 years in, in August. Fuck, 15 years. Um. And the day we got married is the day uh, we closed escrow on the house in Eastlake. You know, like they gave me the keys that day. They just finished building that house. And they, everything happened and came to fruition on August 12, 2005. Boom. They gave me the keys to the house. I said I do to my wife. We came home. We spent our first uh, night together as husband and wife in our first like new home together. It took us like seven years out there being like, bro, this is this is not me. I was like, this is this is not the neighborhood I want to grow up in. Nobody talks to each other. Everybody just drives in, goes to the house, from the little wave, and that's right. a wrap. Exactly. So we waited. We had kids. We had our first child. I was like, you know what? I have a we have a house out on the west side over here. And yeah, this is more hood. Not now. You know, like not now. But right. but ten years ago, this shit was hood. You know, right. fifteen years ago when I first bought it, like in or twenty years in the year two thousand, shit was real hood. Right. It was real. That was legit like crack houses on the block, and I was like, fuck. We'd be hanging because I had bachelors or bachelor. It was a bachelor pad and I had roommates and we'd just be shooting pool in the living room, smoking, drinking, whatever, having a good time. And we'd get random knocks on the door like, hey, man, I heard the clack of the of the pool table. Let me come in and show you. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't lying. Wait, you just reminded me of a funny story about crackheads. So one of my neighbors, when I lived in the apartments over here on G Street, was like a crackhead or something. And uh, but he always knew me, mm. you know. He had seen me walk past in my uniform, flight suit. I don't, I don't know if he knew I did search and rescue, but he knew I could probably help him out. So his friend got out of jail, had an overdose. So he just came and got me. Like didn't even call the ambulance, and nope. I came. You, and got you me. were the ambulance, bro. Right. So I come down, and uh, so I'm like call nine one one. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, oh, he overdosed, overdosed on what heroin. Ooh. So and so he had like that snow, which I knew he wasn't breathing. He needed CPR. But sadly to say, I didn't want to give it to him. <laughs> like, You're like, mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm about to walk you motherfucker through this process. Like, so I talked him through how to get CPR because I just didn't want to, like, do. I don't, uh-huh. you know, like, dude, like. <laughs> Did he make it? Yeah, I, I don't know if he survived, but we, <laughs> we, 
Well, he made it until the police got there. Oh, okay, so, good. All right. You, know, you to, did your job. I did, but I had to walk him through it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, all right, you need to give him air. Like, no, you're not blowing hard enough. You need to do this. So it was literally CPR training on the spot. You taught him a lesson. You can teach a man to fish <laughs> and he'll eat forever. You can give yeah, him a hamburger and that's a one-day meal. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, I want to save a life, but this is not, <laughs> this is not the one. Like, I ain't trying to catch, catch some shit. And even now. I didn't, have, I didn't have anything to protect me. Cause he was foaming at the mouth. I didn't mm. have nothing to protect me from whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, for sure, so, man. You know, and you know, Chula Vista was wild. Yeah, the west, the west, the west side of Chula Vista was wild, man. Yeah, it's it, it completely was, different now. It's like North Park. You see a lot of fools in North Park. They got the nice flannels, their little tight jeans, and the big old beards and stuff. And well, it's like, well, man. Well, Fifteen years ago, North no, Park was. Don't, not don't get it tripping, bro. I see some people down here in the South Bay with those super tight. So. Ooh, call them out. I want names. I want to see receipts. Don't get tight, man. Oh man, As, they can't even fit their phone in their pocket, man. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> nah, you're, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, people in the North Park, like, oh no, that wouldn't happen here. I was like, dude, you're obviously new to this area of San Diego. It's like North Park used to wild out. Just as bad as Chula Vista. It used to be bad. Just as bad as downtown San Diego. You didn't like go the to gas the lamp. No, yeah. those were those. You didn't go to the gas lamp before Petco Park right. was there. That was not a spot to go hang out. What on that end of the block? Yeah, yeah you on didn't. That end, you you didn't. did not go over there, right. man. You know, we go where? Where did we go? I went to East Street Alley when I was younger. We used to that go was, there. That was the shit, bro. That was, yeah, back in the day, yeah. was, I saw. I, that's there. where I met my wife. Yeah, did you? Yeah, I was wasted. Dude, well, you? No, <laughs> nah. Back, well, how old are you? Uh, actually, I just turned forty uh, last week. You just turned forty? Yeah. June Damn, 1st. I'm older than you. Yeah. Shit. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When so we're pretty much the fucking same age. Downtown back then was one block, maybe two. Yeah. It was like Fifth Avenue and, and like maybe a little bit of Sixth. Yeah. But it was East Street Alley. It was Fourth and B. It was Maloney's. It was all those other little like yeah. rinky dink bars uh, that are up and down. The blue tattoo. Was it the blue tattoo? Something no. like that. Yeah. Something with a color. Tattoo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean. And we knew. Yeah. North Park? No. Why the fuck are you going to go to North Park? We used to, I always tell a story. Wife and I used to go to a club on 30th and, and University before 30th and University was 30th and University. It was like an old school, hardcore 80s bar, 80s uh, little club. And it was a gay bar. And we would go in there and I would always get drinks bought for me. I'd get my ass slapped. And it was like, all right, you know, if that's what I got to take to get a drink, I'll fucking get a drink for free, whatever. And now it's like, it was just way different because that was the only bar. It was called Spooners, and it was the only part yeah. the bar on Thirtieth and University. Well, you've been right? at, I I didn't go to uh, North Park until all the really stopped popping. Bro, it was a it was a I killer. You never was, been to North. Well, no. I had lived downtown, so I had like you was hard to get me to go to PB and OB because huh? I was a downtowner. So and my other friends, they was all so we was always argue about where we was gonna be. <laughs> like, dude, it makes sense, yeah. man. Growing up in the South Bay, how old were you when you moved to Chula Vista? Uh, actually, I moved to Chula Vista when I met my wife well now my wife so she, I didn't it, I'm gonna be honest I didn't even know what Chula Vista was because I, I was living downtown okay so the further south I went was no, that's Mexico yeah. you're like oh, if, I, if I go any south then this is Mexico yeah, I skipped everything I remember meeting her. I was like she was like Chula I'm looking at her. what the fuck is Chula What's Vista that? yeah huh? where's that like I didn't know even though I've been here for <laughs> and, like and look two, at you now as you wear yeah. Chula Vista brewery attire as you rep in the hood yeah. now good for you man but once once I moved here I, I it became home yep Became home. This is one thing I knew growing up. 18 and under, it was TJ. If you wanted to go drink, you'd be going to Tijuana. That's where you would yeah. be going drinking. As soon as you hit like 21, it was PB. You know, you, you'd party out in PB. That's where you would be going. Whoop-de-whoop, hanging out at the beach areas, drinking. 
soon as you hit like 23, you kind of got over the PV area and you started migrating into downtown. Yeah. So then you started going to uh, East Street Alley, 4th and B, Margarita on the Rocks or whatever it was called. Right. You know, and, and then you hit 25 and you're like, ah, fuck. I don't want to do any of this down anymore. Right. So that's when I started drinking more closer to the home. I got married at 25, so I started drinking more in Chula Vista. Then we moved over here. I was like, what, fuck, like 32, 33. I was like, oh, I want to do it over here. That's what the South Bay is, man. I feel it's like a boomerang, and you throw that boomerang, and that boomerang encompasses all of San Diego, but eventually yeah. it comes right, right the back. fuck back to Chula Vista. Well, and look at you now, well, like I said. What's funny is, I was actually drinking in Chula Vista. Didn't even realize I was in Chula Vista. Where were you drinking? At, at Wild Willie's. Damn, homie, you made and it. Then, you oh, made yeah. it out. <laughs> I, I, look, they still know me up in there, man. Fucking Wild Willie's, hey, look, man. Me and my, That's a scary spot, dude. dude. Man, somebody was trying to stab me from. Uh, they wanted to get with, with my wife. Okay. Like the dude walked up and he tried to talk to my wife. And this was when we was already married. Uh-huh. She was just uh, legit. Your wife. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, my wife was like, uh, "We married." He was like, oh, he's ready to cut me up for it. Like, bro, you know. It was like, welcome to Chula Vista. <laughs> I'm a married man. You, you, you can have a bro. <laughs> yeah, take it, bro. Like, bro this is stressful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't handle the stress right now. Uh, I'm just kidding, Dolly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, like, it was wild in there. Yeah. But we used to go every Friday, me and Gonzo and Atlantic. That was my Navy buddies. That was and, a spot? Yeah, that was a spot. Every Friday we were sitting there. Oh, it pissed Dolly off, man. And we'd sit there, and we had our same table. Uh huh. It was right by the window near the back door, and that's where we drank. We get we get used to our, our routines, man. Yeah. You know that was your routine. Your routine drinking with your dudes, hanging out that spot. I used to drink at a spot called the Stargazer. The Stargazer. I Stargazer. Yeah, yeah, bro, that was like a navy bar too. Yeah. It was a uh, next to Felipe's on C Street, and um, yeah, that they was act- our spot. They bro. actually just closed down. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. That was sad. I I, I like that spot. We would go there two three times a week. We would get our pitchers of beer, hang out, listen to music the whole time. We'd come in and we'd just kind of look at the DJ and be like, all right, I need to play yeah. all the shit that we wanted to do. Yeah. So that was our spot. Then, you know? Then, uh, the Blue Haven. Which the one that? right across. Not I don't think the, I've ever... the Blue Tattoo is downtown, but the Blue Haven. Remember, uh, you know where the uh, Donut Shop at? Yeah. Right here? Uh-huh. It was right right down the street. I never in went. In that same parking lot oh, where the Wendy's at. The Wendy's? Yeah. I, was gonna yeah. Say, I never went. It, it was just like the Stargazer. Oh. I swear to God, I feel like I've seen the same bartenders. Probably, <laughs> man. See, I, yeah. Even now, fast forward to 2020, our bartenders, we see them working at other spots. Yeah. Now, man, everybody yep. shares bartenders. You see one bartender here. Yeah. And that's, I mean... And I feel like that's what Chula Vista is, man. It is. Overall, we're a big community. Tight net, yeah. We're very, we're very tight knit, which is another reason I feel like shit hasn't popped off or gone crazy here. I feel like the the daytime protesters that everyone is on board and supporting, we're like, yeah, cool, man. Like this needs to be brought up to people's attention. This needs to be brought up to people's like awareness. Needs to be raised. Do it. But like at night, nothing happens. And I, I feel and like I think it's because of the, yep. we tighten that. Yep. And um, what's funny, because you talked about how I've been getting hit up. It, I've been getting hit up a lot about people. Hey, you need me to come down? And mm. it's like, no, stay home, bro. Don't yeah, that doesn't need. Yeah. Like they ready to come out and yeah. shoot a motherfucker yeah. and try to fuck. To, like, yeah. <laughs> like no, and I appreciate that support. <laughs> yeah, you, appre- you appreciate right, that do, support. Like, you know? I don't want them to get in trouble just because yeah. they're out here looking for trouble. Because yeah. if you're looking for trouble, you will find it. Bro. You will find it. So, Easily. Right. Easily. You don't have to look so, too hard. You're going to find so, it. So, you know, look. But I love it, the fact that these people are willing to come out and protect their neighborhood. So, you know, but these are all those same people that want to protest. Like, and this is what I hate about the protest. Like, I should be out. I should be out to be able to protest. Right. Go ahead. But I can't because I got to protect the bird. Yep. <laughs> so like, yeah, man. Because 
people want to come, you know, try to break through the glass. We, me and you guys, all glass. So. Yeah. Did you board up? I didn't fucking board up, bro. That just gives. I feel like that gives the wrong impression. impression right? That right. That gives the wrong image. And I was like, you know what? Let's board up. I got. All, I said, nah, man. There's no need to no board need up, bro. To. I feel like if people know who Three Punk Ales is, they know who the fuck I am. Right. You know, they know oh, Three Punk Ales is owned by that dude. Okay. You know what? He's from Chula Vista. Why are we right. going to mess with him? You're like, why are we going to mess with his establishment? People see Chula Vista Brewery. They know you and Dahlia. They're like, why are we going to fuck with him, dude? Like, right. those guys are Chula Vista, and, you know? And, and plus, what you going to steal? A candy, Beer? bro? Like, you know? <laughs> you want a hat? You want some shirts? Shirt, that right. bad? Fucking take them. I'll give them to you, bro. <laughs> exactly. Keep it moving, yeah, you know? That's, that's promotion, man. Fucking. <laughs> Target's down the block, bro. Keep right. it moving, you know? You Target's know <laughs> like... And that's what I'm saying. Like you, what you gonna steal the table? You yeah. see how big my table is. People what just want to wreck. You need a forklift to get that motherfucker. So I dare you to move that table. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Come in here, and move that shit. I dare right. you. I'll help you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, dude. Nah. And people hit me up like, "Let you need us to post up." And I said, "You know what? Now we're good. I I have some of the staff. We're here. We don't want to raise too much awareness. We yeah. were told riots and protests could get out of hand at night, but fortunately, to this day, yeah. it hasn't. I, w- I was really worried about uh, National City. Uh, but I'm glad nothing happened in National City. But you want to talk about neighborhood changing mm. National City and Logan, man? Which we I didn't get to say say it earlier, but I remember back back in the day you didn't go to Logan. If no. that was a neighborhood, you didn't. Well, go here's to, the thing: if you weren't, you could be Mexican and not be welcome in Logan, bro. Right. You you had to like legit have lineage in Barrio yeah. Logan to go to Logan. Like I, when I used to go uh, Logan. I would I would only go for, obviously base because uh-huh, that's 32nd right there. And then I had a lodge over there that I would go to, and nobody messed with the lodge. <laughs> but that's the only reason why I went over there. But you didn't mess around. No, 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 you no, didn't no, flip man. up. You know what I'm no. saying? Uh, but the other day I went over there, and it was funny. Me and my wife got out the car, and uh, we saw a white girl go off for a job, and we both looked at each other like, <laughs> not 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, you, but it's changed. It changed. Where'd you guys go? Lot. That uh, we was actually we hit up Thorn mm-hmm. Thorn Brewery over there, and then uh, I think we hit up what was the other one, the Iron Fence. They were oh, close before they closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wifey and I just went two weeks ago. It was our first legit outing, um, without the kids, um, since since the COVID hit, man. Like, yeah. I, I said, I, I told my mom, I said, how comfortable are you with the kids? Whoop the woo. She's like, what? We're good. Like whatever. Bring them yeah. over. So we said, all right. <laughs> Drop the kids off. We went to Barrio for the first time. Went to Barrio Dog, dude. It, it, was, it was really good. We went to uh, Golondrina. They were having an art, a uh, little some some. They were selling some of their uh, their clothes, some coffee mugs, art things, and we went to Por Vida. So it's like it felt good, yeah, to just be out and about. But Barrio Logan has changed too, bro. It you know? changed, yeah. I seen some people trying to call Barrio Logan East East Village. I was like, no, homie, it's not East East yeah. Village. This is Barrio Dude, Logan. They got, they got some <laughs> restaurants. I can, I still can't afford. Like I walked in, in there, Barrio Logan, and I thought I was, I was, I thought I was walking into like a traditional Mexican restaurant, and I had it. It, it was like walking in, I had walking into a Louis Vuitton store. Shit, I should have been pocket checked at the door. You know what I'm saying? Hey, slide the card. People, Do you got enough? No, you don't. Walk out. You know what I'm saying? There, there's. There's pushback right now, man. I mean, Barrio Logan is one of those spots here, traditional spots in San Diego, which is holding on hard as it fucking can to its history, to its cultural lines by resisting everything that's coming. Unfortunately, the the what's coming is is big. It's and the na- it's the yeah, nature of yeah, San Diego man. County. Yeah, San it, Diego is getting expensive and and more expensive. And if you're not making money, you ain't gonna be able to survive here. Someone's <laughs> gonna come with that check, write yeah. you that check, and you're gonna be 
put in a position where you have to balance but morals, t- values, and but cash money. But Hicko, what I love about Chula Vista, the people who's doing it is from this na- Bro, living in this neighborhood. Like, you can legit go we, down this block we and not, do that. We're yeah. not waiting for we're not waiting for them. You know, like you know, big corporations mm-hmm. to come in and try to start these businesses. We in Chula Vista is doing it ourselves. Yes, and we, we uh, helping each other out, dude. In the beginning, when we first started, when we both started all of this. I reached out to some of the breweries and I said, why don't you guys like look at, cause there's spots here, like the Vogue, like the one across the street from us that like, uh, they turned it into a, another like rental hall. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, third Avenue is like the home is the Mecca of all like rental halls. Um, salones like for, for quinceañeras, weddings, <laughs> whatever they make. Ba- dude, $30,000 per night, bro. And they only open three nights a week and they're making a that week. much money. bro. Yeah. And they're making that much money, money. but it's like, so one, the city is always going to approve that kind of a business plan model to open because, you know, they're going to make money. But I talked to some of the breweries like, yo, I'm not even going to say which breweries, but there are bigger breweries. Like there's spots available on Third Avenue. It would be beneficial to anybody right now moving into Third Avenue if you guys moved in and set up shot and be that cornerstone, you know, that kind of like the initial backbone. It's like, oh, come on down. And now I look back, I'm like, thank God they didn't. Exactly. Thank God you, they didn't. You, you know, I originally didn't set out to open up a brewery. Mm. I was doing the same thing to you, talking mm. to pe- other mm. breweries that I knew. And was like, hey, y'all should come down to Chula Vista. Y'all should come. It really started tr- me trying to tell other people yeah. to come down. And they was like, no, no, no. You know, that's It ain't ready. Minorities don't drink craft beer. Like, Dude, I mean? got so what? much I'm that sit- shit, bro. I'm in your face, bro. Yeah, bro, look at me. <laughs> look at me drinking this double IPA eight and a half with hints of honey. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I travel the world drinking beer. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you know and it's that misconception, bro. It like, is a misconception. Filipinos it, it, don't drink craft. Blacks yeah, don't yeah, drink craft. Do. Mexicans don't I was like, come on, guy. Dude, I know Filipinos who have beer shit from all over the fucking world. Yes, sir. Yeah, they yep. drink craft beer. Yep. They want everybody want a good goddamn beer. Which leads me and and that's what makes me sometimes a big fucking asshole about like you outsiders mean, coming into Chula Vista. You know, it's like I, you, I do, you don't know what happens in Chula Vista. What they nervous on is here's the thing about the South Bay. We're gonna South, take over. Well, every they nervous, they don't understand because it's all IPA up there. Yeah, I could go into a brewery in North Park and, and it's, yep. they got twenty taps, yep. seventeen IPAs. Seventeen IPAs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What One barrel fuck? aged stout, right. and then maybe a, a sour, and maybe if we're lucky, a lager or a pilsner. Yeah, down but here, homie, it's a different story. Different story. I, yeah. From twenty, from ten I, taps, like, I, so maybe get smaller. I keep two. Go ahead. If you're lucky, three IPAs, mm-hmm. but the rest of them like yeah. beers. It's yeah. Like, but they still want craft beer. Mm-hmm. You know what? When did craft beer stop at the IPA? Like <laughs> it didn't, man. Craft just means we're doing it. Right. You know, we're doing it a, a different way, and for us. We're Chula Vista, man. Tim. Yeah. We're from Chula Vista. We have breweries in Chula Vista. Chula Vista yeah. We know what people want. To, why do you guys have TVs? Why do you guys have DJs? Why do you have, have music? Fuck Marvin, you. Yeah, do you that, know, this is what we do. Do you know? Have you been to Chula why Vista? You, why you got a fucking band? Bro, like, yeah. <laughs> Look, okay, so here it is. Like, I've gotten shit talked from other... We ain't even going to say what fucking breweries, but we'll just say they're from North Park. Be like, you guys are fucking stupid. Why? Why do you have... Like, why are you showing the UFC fights? All right. Why do you guys show like sports? Why do you guys have a DJ after the UFC fight? And I tell him, I was like, bro, are you, have you ever been to Chula Vista? Like, are yeah. you from Chula Vista? It's like, there's three things we enjoy. And, and it's like, we love drinking. We love, we love watching sports. We're passionate about sports. Right. We love music, man. Music, right. I mean, those, those are like the major components you of the South Bay. You know what's crazy? I, I had a uh, review one time 
about the music. Don't get lost in the reviews, Tim. No, but it was so funny. <laughs> I thought the review was great. It was a white guy, clearly a white guy. And it was like, yeah, I came down from North Park, uh, tried out, Bill was great, but I couldn't understand the environment and the music. You know, because when we play our music, we play everything. Mm -hmm. It's not just a, you play hip hop, mm -hmm. you play, you know, cumbia, mm -hmm. you play, Oof. you know, uh, what's that bad bunny stuff, that reggaeton. You lost me there, brother. We don't do that shit. <laughs> but it's all over the place, yes. though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we don't, it, you might hear punk music down here. No, we don't. It, and I'll tell but, you about that but, when but you're that's done. That's what I'm and saying. Yeah. You, it's, it's literally all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you could walk into my brewery and hear some Kings and Leon sometimes. Yep. yep. So I love them. I can't wait till they come back. <laughs> uh, but it's all over the place. So you you can't look listen to the music and narrow down and say, oh, you're going to hear like this type of music, hip hop or shit. You don't know what the fuck you're going to yeah. do when you walk up in there. Which like, is good, because that's what Chulavis is, yeah, man. Like, like, <laughs> From and, one car and, to the next, motherfuckers are bumping it, different it, things. And literally go to the next music, not even being noticed. It's literally just flows right into it. And everybody just vibes out. Because, we, like I said, I, these are my friends. I heard they, I listen to their music. Like, I'm used, you know, I, I have their music in my playlist. Yep. I, I, it's my music now. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, Thank you this, for sharing. This, You're is like... ours, this is all of our yeah. music now. So and and they don't get that when they come down. They get that up there, wherever wherever up there is. Whether it's North County, whatever it is, the music is played at a six or a, so, a soft six, and you know, yeah. and it's like everyone's relaxing and, and just going but, over. It's different down here, man. But I'm starting to see a difference, though. Mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of them coming down. Yes. just for that. Yes, they realize it's different, and they actually enjoy it. And once they take this, sit back and be like, "All right, what, what is this?" Tim, we've created a scene down here, bro. <laughs> yeah, there, they, there's they a scene it. down here now, man. Like. Music-wise, secondary, obviously, to the beer and the food that we're providing on 3rd Avenue with our partners here in restaurants and stuff. It's like we're creating, creating that environment that people want to come and do. Because there's only so much, like, bland, cookie-cutter type of breweries. Remember when breweries were industrial spaces? Yeah. And you had to, you had to go into an industrial space. And it, you were forced to, like, have, like, a, a food truck there. And everything was just plain, white-walled inside in the middle. Just very... It just seemed very like hospital, very very clean cut, and very like sanitized, and right. it's different now, man. Like the biggest mis misconception for us, for me, opening this brewery under Three Punk Ales was the name Three Punk Ales, because right out the get, oh, so you guys are only gonna play punk music, and if they come in, we get bad reviews. They don't even play punk music, and for me, it was just <laughs> like the mentality is like we do what the fuck we want in Chula Vista. We're not bound by like one thing, like you said, you know, right. like from one customer to the next, you get one customer wearing a mohawk, red mohawk with piercings all over. Next dude is wearing a cowboy hat with boots and a big old buckle listening to Norteño right. music. Next dude is just listening to freaking hip hop music. You got funk, you got gumi. Bro. It's all over. It's a cornucopia. It's a melting pot of different things down here. Yeah. So for me, if I had the opportunity to go back five years and redo one thing, it would probably be a different take on our name. Because I feel like that is one thing that's pigeon-held us from the get. It's like, oh, well, you are punk. You have to do this. I said, no, no, bitch. If you know uh, what punk is, you're going to realize that we're going to do whatever we want. And we're not going to be typecast I'm, as I'm, whatever. I'm going to say no to you. On Go that. ahead. I'm ready. I, I think the, I, I think your name sells. I think y'all got, uh, dude, y'all killed <sighs> the, the design, the merch game. I mean, you could put that on anything and it just sells. Like, you think I don't see? I'm down the street, so I Bro, see it. Like, <laughs> But I had, I had to pivot. 
yeah. like in everything like the coronavirus brought an opportunity to pivot okay what works what doesn't i saw that a few years ago with our branding what works what doesn't you know i said you know what? okay yes when we were in a different location opening up this branding worked our branding has evolved and come into like new shit like now, like the, the branding and the, the, the ethos is familia, cerveza, musica, fiesta. You know, it's like yeah. family, beer, music, and party, which in essence, dude, that's us that's in the us, South Bay, right. bro. That's, that's, in the that's South Bay, us yeah. from Barrio all the way down to the border, across the border and beyond. That's, right. that's how we do in the South Bay. We love eating. We love music. We love drinking. We love just camaraderie and all hanging out. Doesn't matter if you're white, Filipino, black, Mexican, whatever you are, bro. Right. Like you go to one of the parties at my parents' house or my house growing up. Okay, it was I'm mixed there. as fuck. It was mixed as fuck, dude. It's mixed as fuck. And yeah. then we gonna invite our neighbors and everybody. Yes. Like you don't even yeah. need to know. No. If you guys have a party, <laughs> what do you want me to bring? What do you got? Right. I got some whiskey. Come on over. We'll hang out. Yeah. It is what it is. It's yeah. a different ball game. So that's the only thing that bothers me like when other when when I do get lost in those fucking reviews, man. And it's a bad idea to ever go down the the, the rabbit hole of yeah. reviews. But if you ever do, that's the one thing that always sticks out the most. And it, and it's like I don't know what they're doing down there. It's yeah. it's it, 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 they have TVs on, they have sports on, they have fights on. They they have it's a party atmosphere, and we're like whatever whatever you're curtailing as a negative point, right? That's music to my ears. Is that's exactly what I know you want to do, and that's exactly what I know I want to do. We want to create an environment where people have fun and keep coming back. We know what we do down here in the South Bay appeals to the people from the South Bay. Eventually, what we're doing down here in the South Bay, we want to appeal to people outside of the South Bay. Right. And, and, and it's working. funny. It's people up in, they already been copying us. Uh-oh. Who? Like, what can I mean? I, like, we ain't going to name names. Drop names. <laughs> I want receipts, motherfucker. You can't I mean, be. just pay attention, though. Just mm-hmm. look at what they've been doing. Like, uh, I've, I've seen people, you know, I've seen big breweries copy some of our, I mean, big breweries. Like, I was completely surprised that, oh, shit, they took this from us. Uh, I felt like a proud moment. Like, as, you, <laughs> hey, as you should. Yeah, like, as you oh, should. shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so they see what we doing mm-hmm. down here. They're paying. And they they're try, forced they, to pay attention, they, they, and they paying attention. They 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 creeping it in there, and they see what it is. Um, and they, and I think they saw a drop. I think they saw a drop. They failed to pay attention to how many nine one nine one zero numbers they had coming up over there, or in the, from the South Bay. Before we opened, I had friends that worked doors at big bars like the fucking R.I.P. like Toronado. Or like uh, Hamilton's, and I would ask them. I say, "Yo, dude, do me a favor. Like when you're when you're checking IDs, just do like a mental count. Like look at, look at the IDs, see how much shit you get from the South Bay. You know, like Chula Vista, National City on their ID nine one nine one zero nine one nine one one. Like look at that. And they would tell me, dude, honestly, like just like non scientifically speaking, about half. Yeah, half of us go up there to hang out, drink, party, spend our money." As soon as you open, I open, Third Avenue Ale House open, like Barsi Nombre open, and it was just to name a few. Um, we held on to our customers. We held on to our community. Our yep. community just wanted a spot to party, man. Right. You know, they, we just wanted to, because we're guilty. I'm sure you're guilty too. I would go up to North Park and have drinks and hang out and kind of like scope the scene and say, okay, so when I open this brewery, I've got to do it like this. And I was like, Nah, I don't want to no. fucking do it like this. No, like this is boring. This seems like it's just very no. cookie cutter. Like I, this is what we got to do. I think it was funny. Uh, a lot of people didn't think we'll be where we went when we opened. Nobody knew who I was. Do you think we? You, do you? Okay, because I speak for you and me too. Do you think we caught people off guard? Hell yeah! Right? 
Hell yeah! I think we were, and, and, and I'm laughing in their face, man. Like fuck them. Yeah, you know like I feel like we were, we were, we were behind the eight ball, Playboy. I think like they, they looked at us and they're like, ball. Mm-hmm. they were behind the eight ball. Um, but I still look at them like fuck them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I get it. I, you know, I had it was a learning curve in the beginning, and we got over that learning curve. You know, the For beer, all of us. the beer wasn't as good as the service wasn't there. The beer needed tweaking. Yeah. Our message was convoluted a little bit. Right. We didn't know what the fuck we I were mean, doing. Instagram bro. was all over the Dude, fucking place. We like, didn't, yeah, <laughs> we didn't know what we were you doing. I, I was a Navy guy. Mm-hmm. I was told what to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I said? This is the first time where I had to <laughs> grab it and take it. <laughs> right? No, no, I get you. Uh, but you know, I had a mission. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One thing I was able to do is I complete a mission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, um, and and like you said, Chula Vista is gonna tell you like, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I literally took what they said. To, like, hey, I was gonna say to an extent, you gotta listen. Yeah. Because these are the people that go spend money at our spots. Yeah, it's exactly. like, okay, this is what you want. Okay, this is what you need. Okay. Right. You know, but it's like, fuck. We were legitimately. I think we, we, we were put in a position where everybody was rooting rooting for us to fail. And I still well, say this to I, certain people. I, th- I think most of it is, well, especially for me, like, I was not in the beer scene. Nobody knows. People still don't know who the fuck I am. People walk into the brewery to this day and mm. be surprised when they act for Tim and there's some fucking black guy walking up. And it's like, Tim here. And they still be looking looking over and be like, Sir, can you get out of the way? I'm looking for Tim. <laughs> can Tim pop up? Is it, what, who's that white guy? Oh, yeah. He's my That's employee. Tom. That's Tom. <laughs> you don't want Tom. You want Tim. Right. You know, so I literally, no shit that still happened to this day. Um, so and it's funny and like I go to places and they they you could see like how surprised they is to find out that the owner is black. Good. And they, and they always ask me these stupid ass questions like, and they always looking for it must be somebody else who's your investors who and I'm like no one hundred percent me and the wife dude oh she's Mexican <laughs> they, and then they be like you can see them take back. And I just smile. Good. You know, like, fuck you, homie. Yeah. Like, this, this is Whatever what Whatever ideas yeah. you came with, I'm happy you right. just got your mind blown. <laughs> exactly. Fool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then I'm about to come here and drop some knowledge mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once our beer got up to part, mm-hmm. it, 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 it fucked up the whole game. Because now, you know, people was like, all right, Chula Vista got, not only got their shit together, like, dude, we're going we to try to compete with you. On, even though we small scale, let's put this bit together. You know what I'm saying? I think like, the, the small scale is to our advantage, bro. It is to I our advantage. I feel like the small scale, so because it gives I, us freedom. It gives us shit we got to, you know? Because not everything's a winner. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Oh, fuck no, man. Look, look. We make a beer. We Personally, I think it's hot, but yeah. it ain't selling like shit. I love our black IPA, man. <laughs> dude, I love black IPA. Not, not but everybody people, likes black IPAs. But dude. you know what? It's funny you bring up, but you got people like Thunderhawk, <laughs> which is my brother. I'm mm-hmm. sad they hit him close, but they... Made a kid of black IPA mm-hmm. one was a silver mm-hmm. right yep. yep um man people need to go out there speaking of go out there and support they're gonna be open next Saturday that's it right that's yeah, a wrap that's it man get out there hey buy buy everything so Jonathan I, was I, a dude I went, I went down there yesterday I think I'm gonna go again mm-hmm. Saturday if you go let me go we'll cruise up all right yeah we'll get let's cruise up make yeah, a fool yeah. of ourselves take the south to the north <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad man because I wanted to get up there more to mm-hmm. support you know it's man. hard man yeah it, it it's very that, hard and I want you to like put that shit on you because I I'm victim of the same thing there's no I can't support nobody fool handle it motherfucker didn't want to drink a seltzer I didn't want to drink ladies a and gentlemen Tim is drinking a watermelon seltzer oh watermelon fit. I hate watermelon mm, motherfucker you're gonna like this one I just can't stand watermelon look at you looking at your clock. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, fuck, I got um, It's hard being a business owner, family guy, having another job, other business, whatever, to support everybody, bro. It, it, it's, it's just difficult. We There's 24 hours in the day. Easily, 20 of them are spoken for. It's good, but I still hate you. <laughs> you can drink that shit now. I can't, um, I can't do it. There's 20 hours of the day is already spoken for, for you, myself, and everyone else yeah. involved in this thing. And it's those four hours is like, fuck, what am I going to do? I'm not trying to go to Vista. I'm right. not trying to go to Escondido. I'm not trying to go to West, like East County to like, you know? Right. One, if it's- we spent as much time drinking as we do building these brands and making sure our breweries and businesses are up to par, we'd be alcoholics, bro. You know, dude, it's hard to just one. Well, one going out like I always feel like I have to. I can't drink. I always has to be on point, like and know what's going on. I'm constantly being called. Mm-hmm. There's no breaks. Mm-hmm. Even when I mm-hmm. go on vacation, it's a, it's a work vacation yeah, because I'm constantly being called. Yeah. And it's usually you know who you got. Who do you got under you right now? Now, not including uh, wifey working, but who do you got under you who runs the show when you guys are away? Uh, do you have a solid squad that can take we, care we of you? We do right have now? a solid squad. I got to give a call out to Elise. You know? Okay, nice. Yes. Uh, we call, yes. We call, we got a bunch of nicknames for like the debt collector, <laughs> the leg breaker. Like, you will pay your debt. Fuck around with Elise. Don't mess with Elise. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, she's the main one. But we got, you know, most of the most of our team pretty much holds it down. Because your business uh, owner hat never comes off, but that right, business but owner hat off. is on twenty four seven. You know, you but, know, you know. You got to remember they employees, so they really only looking at one aspect of you know. Fuck you, pay me. What, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you looking at everything. Yeah. So if something new pop up on them, even though it might not be new, and you looking at it like, man, you should know this already. It's still new to them. What, what has been the hardest component operating your brewery three years in? Working with the wife. <laughs> That's hard as fuck, dude. Because it's like... Uh, go ahead. It, it, when do you turn it off? You don't? Like you you go home and then the brewery comes into the house. You know, you're trying to be with the kids and then the brewery pops back up. It's constantly trying to interfere. Uh, and this when, especially when both of you guys are working at the brewery. Hey, tell him to bring me an IPA or something. Can you bring this young man an IPA? <laughs> He's in, he did not want the... Uh, the the watermelon seltzer. It is a tasty seltzer, did, Timothy did, Parker. Did you, did you bring me this because I was black, man? This did you bring Jesus Christ. I hate watermelon. <laughs> can bring what do you want? Big, small? Uh small, small. Get I gotta him, go uh, to work after that? this. Oh, so Canada? No, no, get, get, get my dude an IP. Get him a kill the poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah kill the poor. Pine of kill the poor. Give me some good, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Needles fresh. Get him a pint of the needle. needle Alright, bring them all down here. Um because yeah, we were talking like I love our black IPA, man. Yeah. Not everybody has Not that everybody. fucking palate. Yeah. I love rye IPAs. Not everyone has that fucking palate right. for it, you know? And it also, like you said, it also depends on neighborhood, too. So where we at, you know? Um, one, you got to remember, we introducing people to IPAs to begin with. And now you fucking them up with yeah. a black IPA too t- soon. T- too t- much tell too me soon. if this rings like truth with you. I always describe ourselves as like the Fisher Price of breweries for the South Bay. It's like an educational brewery. It's we are obviously going to give you what you know. We're going to give you loggers. We're going to give you pilsners, and we're going to try to sneak in a little something different, like a black IPA, like a Keller beer, yeah. like a you know this, that, and the other. But I feel like more than anything else, we're in a position. Both you, my, you and I, running operations here, we're in a position where we have to teach um, 
our patrons, our community about beer, bro. Yes, we do. Because not everybody, we assume that everybody knows what a double IPA is and what a double IPA, what kind of backbone it needs on the malt profile. Not everybody does. No. Some motherfuckers still come to the brewery, look at the uh, at the menu board, and like, hmm, nine and a half percent. I'll take that. And I like, can't stand. I was like, damn, homie, like that. Yeah, like, they what? don't even do that. They what's your strongest beer? Yeah. They either want the strongest yeah. beer or the lightest beer. What's your lightest beer? I'm like, bro, it's that's like, a thirteen and a half percent barley wine barrel aged in bourbon barrels. Is that what you want? Yeah, I'll take a sixteen ounce. I said, no, homie. I said, you're getting that in a five ounce five, pour. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't you know getting that in anything big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see what we had to do with the humble, like what? Uh, what the ten ounce pours, and you only get three. Like you did, you did ten ounce pours of that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Fuck ten ounce pours. I don't want to call anybody out. I got a pint of that shit. Anytime I go in and get a, <laughs> get a pint of that. Oh, you know, we'll use a special case. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we don't even sell it in growlers. That's a very good. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, we don't even sell it. But that sells so fast, we get away with it, you know. Um, But but people didn't know how to. Because you tasted it. It's so smooth. It's it's tricky, man. It, it, it's, it's a sneaky it's beer. It's a sneaky it's beer. What is this one? What is this? Needle. What you want? This right, is let a me needle? taste the rye because right. I had the needle. Unless y'all changed up the needle, I'm gonna on. have this one then. <laughs> yeah, you, you drink that Wooly Miller. Hope you don't got the COVID, man. Giving me that fucking already. Yo, no, 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 no. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Ricky Bobby, this is good. I like it. All right, then I'll have this one. What do you got? I got the rye. All right, cheers, brother. Cheers. We're almost wrapping this up. We're just going over shit. Um, one thing I did want to bring up. I know. Uh, I I know that um Third Avenue. We wanted to do our part, and Q reached out to me. Q reached out to me. Last week, last week in regards to a beer that he wanted to put out, um, Cosimo Sorrentino, big time brewer, one of the better brewers in San Diego that picked up. A and, legend. Yeah, he's a fucking legend and, and picked up, dipped out, went to Eastern Europe. Dipped out ate the word. <laughs> he disappeared. He, he fucking <laughs> took his game, took his brewing game to the next fucking level. He took that shit on a worldwide fucking platform, learned I haven't talked to him since he's been back, but I'm assuming he's learned so much and he can bring so much knowledge, wealth of knowledge here to San Diego. But he, he linked up with, with uh, Dr. Q, one of the dudes on the block who owns a restaurant, the, the Tavern at the Vogue, um, reached out to me about making a beer. And he said, what do you think? I said, bro, right now, if anything, like whatever we can do to raise awareness, whatever we can do to just like get the fucking conversation flowing – and that's all it took for him. He's like, all right, cool. We're in. Like, Cosmo's in. Uh, let's reach out to Tim. And let's see who else we can reach out to on the block. And I said, well, cool. Let's get it going. So we're going to come out with a beer called, uh, based off of the uh, meme, Together We Rise, where it's a bunch of uh, fists raised in unity in different shades, colors. Together V Vice. So we're going to make a, a nice little beer with Cosmo. Dude. This is going to be an awesome project. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a cool little project. We're going to can it. We're going to give proceeds to the local ACLU uh, chapter. It's a win-win situation. Right. You know, I want to keep the focus on the beer, uh, but I have to say one thing about Cosmo. Uh, How good of a guy this is. Cosmo didn't know me, never heard of me. I gave him a call. Nice. I, first time speaking to him, I'm like, hey, I need some help. Yes. We about to buy this, open up the brewery. You have the same system we're going to purchase. Can you come down and, you know, let us get some training? Dude, he opened up the door, bro. Nobody knew who he was. He opened up the door. He gave us some tips and, like, he showed us this. Whatever question we had, he had. Um, 
he never doubted us. Like so, like you said, some people are <sighs> like, no, he was that helping hand, like open up, who truly opened up the door and was like, you could get this shit done. You know what I'm saying? And not, not only that, but help you. I'm gonna help you. You get what I'm saying? So I've, I've then he dipped off. Yeah, he but, dipped off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I gotta say, hey, thank you, Cosmo. I never forget that. Uh, and I don't think I truly got to say thank you. For well, that. there's a reason I guess he chose us to come back and brew something with us here in the South Bay, man. He wanted to team up with us, Chula Vista and Three Punk and, and Q. Similar story. When we first started, we were home brewing. We still got our little pilot batch, one barrel system here at the brewery. We would go at that time. He worked at Monkey Pop, and if he, if he didn't know you, he knew even fucking less of me, bro. Just a Mexican dude who was in banking and would homebrew on the side. And I, I never went to beer events. I never did anything, man. Now, and we would just start homebrewing with me and my partner, and we would take them like, you know, thirty-two ounce bombers, boom, 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 pour them up and say, "Hey, man, I know you probably get this shit all the time, but." Like, do you mind just kind of going over our beers with us really quick? It would mean a lot. We're just kind of starting our aspirations eventually are opening a brewery. And now in your position where you're at now, Tim, and where I'm at now, if somebody comes in to us and gets like, honestly, like, like up I, I try to make as much time for somebody as I, but in my back of my head, it's like, you don't want to do this, man. Because of yeah, cosmos. you don't want to open a brewery. <laughs> no, man, you got to do it, man. No, we do I, it. I say, I say yeah. follow your dream, man. I think that's, you know, the biggest, you Biggest problem with minority communities is we hold ourselves back and try to blame shit on everybody else. Mexicans, like more than anybody else, bro. Like, dude, Fuck. I'm from the projects. I'm a high school dropout. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, yeah, I did go to a private school, so I was a little bit educated, <laughs> but I still dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, like, I was like, "This is stupid. Let me go back and get my diploma." So I dropped out. You know, went got like a GED. Uh, my last, I dropped out on my last year too. And senior for yeah for stupid reasons too. Just because my school closed down, my Catholic school closed down. I didn't want to go to a public school. Couldn't afford to really go to because the next Catholic school was even more and more expensive. Yeah, and I was paying my own way through Catholic. Them school. fucking schools are pricey, yeah, bro. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so um, I decided to drop out. Fuck it, but I didn't stop. Like so, minorities need to realize the only only thing holding you back is you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we got all this other shit going on, b- police brutality. But one thing you shouldn't say is like, I, like a lot of people like to roll into the health stuff, stuff and teacher to school. Like, let me tell you something. I think you can never go to school and still be successful. As long as it's here in your head to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And you drive for it. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of, you know, minorities, black and brown people. They need to understand that, hey, yeah, while, yes, the society, it probably set up for, for you to fail. Yeah, it you is, bro. It, it, it <laughs> is only that way if you allow it to yep. be. Only if you allow it to be. Because we're here. I could have accepted that and said, hey, this is this is it. But you didn't. I didn't. So you have to accept that. You know what I'm saying? At some point, you have to accept that and say, this is it. And when you accept that, yes, you will fail. When you decide not to accept that, you're going to succeed. So um, that's what black and brown people need to do is not accept what is given to you and work hard for where you want to go. I've never met a bigger hater than a fellow Mexican, man. I've never met a bigger obstacle than my own fellow people always telling me like, nah, bro, you can't do that. Don't well, do that. I, I you can't do that. I don't think it this. has nothing to do with. I think uh, it's just self-doubt, the, the, man. The, I, I think in any culture. Yeah. Any culture is like this. So when you decide you're going to do something bigger. Than Outside of the, the fucking box, box you know. 
you're gonna have the people closest to you is gonna don't tell do you it. don't do it because do they can't see what yeah, you see yeah they can't understand what you're thinking mm. i mean i have it in my own house me and mm. my wife we differ my wife is like a black and white and i'm color like mm. you know what i'm saying like i'm all over the place you see all spectrums you just right. it's yes or no and, black and, and white right around Mm. I move on before I even finish the first project. Mm. Like, I'm already, boof. And she's like, what, what the fuck you doing? You ain't even finished this. We'll get back to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just how I am. Uh, but I've had to learn and to teach myself. Uh, it's almost like the law of attraction. We all heard it. It, it. I think there's some truth in that. You attract what you what you decide to attract. If you want, want that negativity, you mm. can bring negativity. Uh, like when all this coronavirus happened, you know, first thing I did was I started meditate. Hey, I meditated. My wife started meditating. How's that working? I think it's good. They meditate more than me now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was to keep that positivity there to move forward. But if I would have gotten to a funk, the whole brewery would have gotten to a funk. You get what I'm saying? Then we would have, we wouldn't start at the top, brother. Right. It starts at the top, <laughs> you know? So I've been pushing a book on all the homies who I feel need the book, it's called Unfuck Yourself. And it's just a matter, like, anything that's going on in your life that's negative, wrong, or you perceive as, like, not the way you want it to be, is you. You, yeah. You figure it out. Look yeah. look at yourself. What's going on? What can I change? Get rid of it. Right. I don't want negativity around me anymore. I'm raising a fucking family, and that, for me, is priority. My boys are my priority. My wife is my priority. I got three little kids, Tim. Like, that's... I lose sleep over thinking about how shit is going to be for them in 10 years. Well, you're, you know? better man. you're a better man than me. I give them till 18, so I got to ah, stay away. <laughs> See, here, let, me, let me tell you about the I fucking Mexican culture. I got to live it. <laughs> I got 40-year-old cousins still living with their moms at home, bro. Like, that's a, it's, a, it's a different dude, culture, man. Dude, I like, had, these, uh, little, these little motherfuckers ain't going to leave wifey's side. <laughs> yeah, I, trust me. They be trying to hold on to the mom. No, man. mama, no. <laughs> and yeah, so I might have to kick all three of them. <laughs> Everyone's got to go. Uh, Tim the single but, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, I, that, I, that's where we are, dude. I just, I just wanted to... I, I just wanted this quarantine for me to be a, a learning experience. It's very rare. It, it's, it doesn't happen in our life where we get to push the pause button on everything around us, take a step back and realize and assess, what do I got to do to make shit better? That's not going to happen anymore, bro. I mean, actually, it might happen in fall again if the quarantine comes, yeah. comes back. But right now, this was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for like someone like you and me who wear a lot of different hats. Um, we run an operation, and it starts at the top. But we as a society, it's a society thing. I mean, collectively, we can all get over this very easy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but in order to get over, we ha we all have to be thinking on the same level. Like, I'm sitting here watching them farmers saying they have to destroy food. Like, Isn't right? that crazy? Like, dude, you got people Fucking give us a like, food it's very, yeah. for, for me, that's very simple. Government buy the food at distribute and distribute it out. You Easy. already waste some money left and right. Easy. And it'll save you money on the stimulus package. Like, you already spending the money. So you're telling me we're running for mayor for two of us. Is that what we're doing? I thought about it. <laughs> is that what we're doing? If she is, yeah. this is the last term. This is the last term. Uh, she told me she's you, not running. She can't run. Yeah, she's like, she I'm over. Term. I'm going to retire. Oh, and just she hang just want to get out and drink, bro. She want to get out. See, that's why Go I ahead. can't run. We like to drink in public. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine, bro. We'd be in so much trouble. Yeah, so much trouble. Um, but yeah, you know, collectively as a society, that's another thing of what's so great about what's happening with this awareness. Because think about the possibilities after that. 
think about how we're now if we get rid of the police brutality and we remove race out of the equation where we can now talk to each other and figure out, all right, because right now we don't talk to each other. We don't communicate because you got what, you know, blue and red Republicans and Democrats. Like, I think it's okay to have different sides, but it's not okay when you're not communicating. Bro, I don't know what you are. I don't know if you're blue or red. You don't know if I'm blue or red, Yeah. but look at us. We've been talking for about an hour and a half, yeah. shooting the shit. Talking about similar situations, and we have way fucking I, different backgrounds, I, bro. I learned that from the military. You know, man. we have way different backgrounds. You grew up in Chicago. You said you grew up in the projects, and you went through a hard time. I've always been from the South Bay, whether it was from Chula Vista, Paradise Hills, being raised in San Isidro. Like, I've, I've always been South Bay. Dude, you look, know? I'm, I'm going to tell you, the military was the best thing that happened to me. Not because, you know, a, a steady paycheck and, Go ahead. you know, they, they put whatever they want to brainwash you with. It was culturally. You were forced to, to adapt. I, bro, I, was, I had to learn to accept everybody around me. You get what I'm saying? I, I, I always cracked the joke. When I became in leadership as a chief, I used to always crack a joke with my new guys because you could see them trying to adjust. You could see the white guy who was never around black people trying to adjust to, hey, nervous around. And you could see the black people trying to adjust to white people because they were never around them. And I would always crack jokes to try to get them to understand. I always tell them, hey, man, when I first joined, I was the most racist motherfucker you knew because I didn't trust white people. But that's how I was raised. Mm. I had to learn to trust. Once I learned to trust, it broke down all the barriers. You get what I'm saying? I feel I you. no longer care. Whether you trust you... white people now? Hell yeah. Yes, I do. I you. Some of my best friends is white. Oh, some of my best so, friends are white too. It's, <laughs> my it's, best one, I know some. Some man. one. You talking about the unicorn? <laughs> he, he's different. He multicultural. <laughs> that unicorn. <laughs> the unicorn. Fuck that unicorn. I I haven't seen the unicorn. Ah, fuck, I didn't want to air this shit. <laughs> that unicorn hasn't been around six months, bro. What? Yeah, it's been Kevin and me, bro. Kevin and me holding it down. Yeah, some of but some of my right hand men are is white. My one white guy is Matt from the Manhattan. Yeah, we know we had that baby, the Elwood, and we we run it. We take yeah. care of it. My brother-in-law so, is white. One of my top dudes. One of my best friends. Yeah. But Tula like Vista, I said, South Bay, man. But like I said, you, that broke me down. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. I had to trust it. I get my our lives depending on each other being all on the same page. You know what I'm saying? Life so, or death, fool. Right. That's, so, that's li- there's no ultimate test. Right. That when you have to put your life into your partner's hands because they got your back. Right. Doesn't matter what color they are. At that point, it becomes ability. Like motherfucker, I am going this way, and you better yeah. get my ass if I'm. And, and let me tell you, when we went out and drank, if one of us got locked up, we was all, all getting the motherfuckers up are getting yeah, locked you up. Like all three of us. Up. Damn, that sounds like a Mexican family. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a like, Mexican family. I'm, I'm going with you. Yeah, like all of us are going to jail. <laughs> Let's take off our shoelaces. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So no military, Tim. Whole different life. And let me tell you, you got racism in the military. Don't get it. Don't Duh. get it twisted. There's, there's racism like, everywhere. I, I remember when I first walked into the shop, they was like, uh, I remember walked in, they had these big walls, and I could hit them over talking about how black people shouldn't be flying because I was in aviation flying. So why? I, what was the was fucking reason? The, it was just the culture. They didn't think black people deserved black people? to fly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and I remember like, and that made me hate everybody from there. It was like, so my guard was up. But I had this new chief, Chief Ringling, man, who was talking to me, but I didn't trust him, so I wasn't listening to him. You heard finally, him, but finally, you didn't listen. Finally, he broke me down. You know what I'm saying? And finally, I realized, hey, I need to trust this guy. He's he's trying to help me. You know what I'm saying? And once I trust him and realized that, no, always white people ain't fucked up. Same way white people need to realize that, no, 
Because I'm black, I am not. How do we threat. do that? Uh, How do we communi- get it? Communication, bro. All right. Because, like I said, before I didn't trust anyone because I didn't allow the communication to happen. I heard him say, not him, not Chief Ringler, but I heard there was a different group of people. I heard them say what they said, and I just put a blanket over everybody. All oh, these racist motherfuckers. But the person who was trying to help me, I wasn't listening to because he was white. It I once I started listening to him and realized that hey, this guy's trying to we on the same page. We was able to communicate. He realized that I'm his best sailor. Yep. I got 5.0 evals. And let me tell you, that's, Go a, ahead. that's a big thing. Tell me, break that you shit. Water walker, if you got, yep. I know some real water walkers that ain't got 5.0 evals. Dick swinging, dick swinging. Yeah. What does 5.0 evaluation so mean? So that's the highest evaluation Ooh, you can get. And you don't get that shit. in the military. That's an 1800 two, SAT? I got two evals that got 5.0 that I always like to bring out. I always whip it out like, like <laughs> I'm a dick. Uh, you see that? That's two 5.0s. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, fucking ten! You know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's what we got to do. That's what communication does. It breaks down all those barriers that each side has for each other. You get what I'm saying? And you realize that y'all have the same problem. Like, dude, you go to Kentucky, which is a super Republican state. I ain't going to Kentucky. But I'm just saying. But, you know, I've been all over the place. Yeah, you have. But these people are poor. Uh-huh. These people can't read. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always crack a joke. Like, I ain't got no education. I got that from Kentucky. Because mm-hmm. that's how we're talking. You can't get no job if you ain't got no education. I actually heard that from somebody in Kentucky, a little kid. Yeah. And I, it was a little white kid. And I, I remember, like, laugh, I was sadly laughing at it. But <laughs> he has the same problems yes. that we have in the black neighborhood. Not being educated, he's stuck on this welfare society of, you know what I'm saying? So, welfare has nothing to do with your race, they can't get rid of welfare because the majority of people on welfare is white. Yes, sir. No, they would have got if it was just all. If it was, artists, yeah, bro, that would have been long gone, long gone a while ago, ago yeah. bro. A but long, time, long time, ago. time ago, and they would have implemented drug testing if it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they can't because a lot of white people are on drugs on this shit, dude. We only three percent. Jeez, man. Yeah. So who's the other fucking? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> who's the other ninety-seven? It's, it's crazy, bro. Right. So that's when I realized that you know we have the same problems. It's just that we be made to believe that our situation is different than somebody else. We made to believe that the white man is having no. You go to Kentucky, the motherfuckers got the same problems. See, look at it. Takes a fucking big man to change his mentality where you came from, bro. Like your mentality was like, "No, nah, I don't trust white people under this," but you kept going, you kept going, and then all of a sudden, boom. You, what was it, Chief Ringland? What was it? Chief Ringling, Ch- yeah. Like, he changed your fucking scope, bro. He changed the way you thought. He's like, oh, shit. Not all white people are the same. This dude is trying to teach me. I'm trying. I better pay close attention to him. Now, all of a sudden, guess what he did? He opened a whole new avenue of way of thinking dude, for you. Let me tell you how cheap, good Chief Ringling was, too. Chief Ringling is the one I have a business today. Mm-hmm. He not only opened my avenue on that, but he opened my avenue until he used to always sit in the shop and preach to everybody about investing and doing this mm. shit and doing that and doing that. And no, nobody was really listening to him. He been your brewery? Huh? Oh, no, I don't, he know it has a brewery, though. You gotta um, bring his ass down here, man. I, I think he might have came by once, but missed me. I don't know. But um, he's still in San Diego. I know that for sure. He was he's tired. in San Diego? Yeah. All right, cool. He was, he was old and crusty back then. Like. Oh, <laughs> so now it's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about like, you, you, I was the old guy when I retired, you know? Uh, 
But I remember like, dude, he ingrained. That's why I got that philosophy. Hey, you can do this if you believe you could. It was from him. He just now got rid of my racism. He, he was your military father figure. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Without even knowing. It. I don't even think he know how important that moment that I spent with him. That's that's fucking strong. Drove me, drove me to where that's I'm strong. at. Where I'm at. So, which is funny because that's how I lead. Like when even when I hire somebody in the brewery, the first question I ask them, what do you want to do? What, what you, what's your goal? I'm going to help you. I'm I want to help you get there. I don't care if your goal is to lead the brewery. I just want to help you get where you're going. You know what I'm saying? So if your goal is, hey, you want to come in here and you say, hey, it's just, just a stepping stone. I'm trying to go to school. Well, fuck. Let me help you get, you know, get where you're trying to go. I don't ever want to be that person that try to impede somebody. No, from no, getting, no, 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 no. Getting no. where they're going. No. You Smart leaders bring the team with them. Smart leaders yep. are in the trenches with your team, making sure that you're doing the right thing. Other motherfuckers, they just point fingers, write directives, and let them out. Yeah. You, you're, you're a trenched leader. Yeah. You, you win the trenches with your team. I, I already gonna, see I that. I ain't going to say what brewery was, but I was talking to a guy from another brewery. Go ahead. And, um, I'm going to guess. But I was talking to him. I was like, I asked him a question, and I got the totally opposite answer I thought I would get. I was like, man, how you feel having all these people working under you, and they all opened up their own breweries and did all this, and then you follow that lineage, and they, that person that working under them then open up their own brewery. Like you, If you really look at the beer industry in San Diego, you could follow a lineage yeah. tree. All roads lead to Stone. Right. All roads lead to lead Coronado. To, all, all roads lead to lead Carl Strauss. Strauss right. You know, it's like those three. Those are the top right. three. All so, roads lead there. And he was like, he and he was like, no, I really don't like it because you know I trained. I know who you guys. were talking to. And and it was like, you you should be proud of that. That's you yeah. Built, that's your like fucking. This, you built this city. That's bro. your legacy, bro. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm like, you built this city. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's that's who are you talking to. That's a, shut up. Who are you talking to, bitch? <laughs> but that's how. That's how I look. he's a really good guy. You know. So, but you know, he just not. He's a really good guy. Mm. He's just looking at it wrong. Mm. Like he just he's looking at it from a business perspective. It's like I train these guys. I want to keep them because you know you train them. I look at it differently in the military because military you come and go. You train them up just to go somewhere else. But wherever they go, it's a quick pit stop. Yeah, it's a quick pit stop. Everywhere you go, I'm there for three to four years, and then I'm out. I'm somewhere new. But you leave behind something. What Chief Ringland? I was only with Chief Ringland for like two years. But you learned years. a lot. That he left behind that lasted me till his day. The legacy so, of Ringland is with right, you. Exactly. It's still with you. So that's why I learned that that legacy, whatever you do, especially in a leadership role. That legacy carries on. It's going to carry on wherever they go in life. You know what I'm saying? So you have a choice to leave a bad one or a good one. And you take credit for that. Chink Raylan should be taking credit for everything I did. You know what I'm but saying? But he won't. He don't, he don't have You don't have to. But guess what? In the back of his head, fucking. He looks I, at you probably super fucking proud, bro. Proud, right. He looks like he's like, yes, mission accomplished. Accomplished. You know right. what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That's, That's a awesome. true mission That's fucking accomplished awesome. to That's see awesome. them fucking make it to where they're going. That's fucking awesome. You know, it may not be, it may not even been the direction you wanted them to go, but they, but they reached their what they fucking goal. goal. They set it based they, off they, what you put into it. And that's the goal. And it's like all these breweries open up based off what you talk. You should be proud of that. Proud of that. But like, you're not. We would not be, <laughs> we would not be the, the 
What we, we what like almost becoming the capital, dude? We got like what 140, 150 in, this, yeah. in this county. Like well, I don't know. Let's wait. Let's wait to the Rona, the quarantine, and everything, because I feel that number dropped a lot. That, it gonna drop. That we still gonna dropped. be the most though. You know we're what? Still gonna be and the we got we got to cheers real quick to that. We made it out, bro. Oh yeah, we we made it out. You're open right now. You got your second menu flowing. You got people coming in, sitting down and eating. You're flowing with your beers. You made it. You're out. You survived. You pivoted. You saw the market. You saw the you saw the obstacles. You saw what you could and you couldn't do. You did it the right way, and here you are coming out. Top of that, you're opening a second location. Motherfucker, that's success. You're raising a family, a beautiful family. You know, you're doing your thing. We're making that out. I got my brewery. We're making it out. I'm raising my family. We gotta we gotta hang our hats on the positive shit, bro. If we get caught up on too much of this negative shit, we'll get lost in that weed. We'll you gotta get keep lost. You gotta keep moving forward. Uh, Everybody deals with drama. Everybody deals with nonsense and shit, but we I, just gotta keep it moving. I see so many breweries closing for no fucking reason. They want to blame it on coronavirus. It's like get the fuck out. I of blame it. it on work ethic. I blame it on the lack of want. I you, blame it on like uh, okay. There's <laughs> a brewery in Yellowstone right now. They're not even open, but they still moving forward with opening. I, I am so happy. We, we, my wife met them at, at the conference, and we've been following each other ever since. And every time I see that picture, I'm like, that's exactly what needs to be happening. You have to continue moving forward. You have to continue growing. You have to continue. You you can't let anything stop you. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, just look at the stock market. Why is the rich keep getting richer? Because they don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They're going to keep moving forward. You have to do the same. You know what I'm saying? I want to fucking look, dude. I want three breweries at Chula Vista. Go three. Ahead. I'm not going to stop until I got three. You got two. <laughs> you got two. I'm going to keep moving. Nice. Like, I'm not going to let nobody hold me we back. Need more, we need more more leaders like you, man. Like right now, I, I used this quote the last time on one of our previous episodes, and, and it kind of fits to what you're talking about right now. Just because you were born on third doesn't mean you hit a triple. You know, and there's a lot of dudes in this industry who were born on third, meaning with like a silver spoon, everything they needed to make it happen. And then they see somebody who hit a triple and hustle it out like ah, grinding, get into rounding first, rounding second, head first, slide into third, barely made it. Now we're on the same level, except I hustled my ass off to get to where you were born at. So for you to want to take away or throw in the hat at that point, we ain't throwing the hat in. We just got to third base, and the, you know my my destination yeah. is home. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna just hang my hat on getting to third base. A lot of these fools think opening the brewery was the goal. The goal is like, the goal is long term. That was a step of stone. Yo, the, the opening the brewery, cool. I'm happy I met that goal. Next, what's next? Because next. no, opening the uh, opening this business, any business should never be your goal. That right. should that should be on your vision board of of things to to accomplish a task a feat but you got there you got it as soon as you got there, you got to let it go because now what's next sustainability how are you going to get to the next level okay exactly. i've gotten sustaining perfect i got a staff i got to expand how the fuck am i going to expand what i got to do and a lot of these dudes man they 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 content with where they are and as soon as a curveball or a wrench got thrown into the situation i feel like they fucking tumbled bro they folded like a house of cards yeah that's not you i mean that's not me. It's a perfect balancing act, of course. You know what I'm saying? You can't grow go too big too fast. 
Uh, this is the worst industry to do that yeah, shit yeah, in, bro. Yeah, worst. This is the like, worst like, industry. Like, like, oh, I we've thought, been doing good for a year. Let's open three tasting rooms. Nah, motherfucker. Nah, yeah, you don't want to do that shit. Yeah. Um, uh, but you need to move forward. You constantly got to move forward. You should not ever stop. You know what I'm saying? Damn. God damn. Maybe I should stop. I just look. Yeah, you finished three. Bro. Tim, we are drunk. I say we because I've seen you. I seen you, I only, man. I had two and a half. I had one and a half. You, you're drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> we, we, we talked about a lot of pertinent, important, awesome shit. We spoke about family, dude. I don't think. Let me tell you how important family is. Though. Ooh, I'm like, ready. But let's. Am I gonna need another beer? I'm gonna need I, another fucking beer. I got. But, <laughs> but you know, like I, I'm not, like my dream is is like I dream of. You know why I say I'm kicking my kids out at 18? Mm. Because they ain't going to need a period of time where they need to learn how to do this shit on their own. Because I want to turn all this shit over to them. Yes, sir. So, but I'm not going to turn it over to them if they don't know what the fuck they're doing. You want to give it over to Michael Corleone, not Fredo Corleone, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, that's why I'm kicking them out at 18. I want them to starve so they know what it's like. You want them to be hungry. Right. And then come back in. And and then, hey. But when you run in the business, you got to be hungry and you got to stay hungry. You can't be settled for what you got. And But I want them to be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? People are like, why you keep trying to buy houses? Why you keep trying to do this? Like, I want a house for them motherfuckers. And then I want them to be able to buy a house, buy a house for their kids. Like, that's what I want. I want that. It's not about how much money you have. It's about what you do with it. What, what you do with it and building that gener- generational wealth. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. A lot of people think wealth is based off like I'm a millionaire. No, mm. wealth is based off what you can pass the fuck down. LeBron can't pass, even though it looked like his kid is just as good as hell. But look Better. at Michael Jordan kids. Yeah, Michael Jordan wasn't able to pass down his basketball skills to his kids. I'm you sure he did, but it, his was a whole different fucking. It was but, a work ethic, but but it was what a hunger I'm, for success. But what I'm saying is, like, dude, you can't pass that certain things. You just can't pass down to a kid. You know what I'm saying? So like sports, you, your kid, he, you may may have the best genes, but he may not have that. You can't connect the dots, right? Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. But what you can pass down a generational wealth. You get what I'm saying? You could be the dumbest motherfucker. Look at Trump, <laughs> be the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. Say but guess again. what? Say it louder. Because I don't think they heard you in the back. Because it's generational wealth, you automatically keep moving forward. You get what I'm saying? You, your kids is going to stay ahead and everybody else is going to stay ahead in that family because of generational wealth. And that's what I'm trying to build. And it's from, and, and I'm starting from the bottom. But guess what? Over time, we just keep building. And that's what I'm building. The American dream. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. Like my parents put that shit in play for us. My sister and myself were in a good position because my parents... My mom was born in Mexico. My dad was born like on the border town in Mexicali, Calexico. So it's like they ain't had shit, bro. Like they they came over here, they went to school, and they they grinded, bro. My dad went to fucking he worked at NASCO for forty plus years, busted his ass, broke his whole body just to get to where he was. Why? So we can have not even a fair starting point, man. Just like yeah. a, a a place from which to start, you right. know. My mom, same thing. Born in Mexico, moved to TJ, moved to Barrio Logan, and then she be, she got into finance and banking, worked her ass all the way up to the fucking top by v, uh, VP of like fucking government lending, and they bestowed that work ethic to myself and to my sister. So we take nothing for granted, bro. Right? There's 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 nothing being taken for granted. We work hard. 
Only thing I know is to work hard. And I have three kids now. Wifey, well, the same situation I am. Our parents, you know, they they weren't born in this country, bro. They were they were born in a third world country, and they came over here, and we had to hustle. We had to work three times as hard as the next motherfucker just to make it even. Three times as hard just to be the same as somebody who was born in this country, you right. know. So and now here we are. Our kids are born here, so they're like third generation. Um, I want to make sure that they know because it'll be really easy for them to grow up thinking, "Oh, life's easy. Daddy works hard. Mama works hard. Whatever." Like, I got what I need. No, 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 no. I want those motherfuckers to learn you got to work. Right. You got to hustle. You got to have the skills, the mindset, and the ability to to come ahead. And that's your job, and that's my job, bro. We're minority dads. We're minority business owners. We're we're from Chula Vista. And it's like, we have the tools to to give them to succeed. And I fucking love that, dude. I love it, I fucking love love it. it. You know know what? Sometimes I get pissed off because they so fucking spoil you. No, 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 no. no. Love it, dog. (laughs) Love it. I get pissed off because they don't understand the struggle is real. (laughs) (laughs) They might not know now. And you know what? But Okay, because your struggle is way different than mine, But what I'm saying is like, dude, they, I love the fact that they don't see it. That was the goal. That was the goal. That's what I wanted you to That was the goal. Yeah. The my, goal is for them not to see. My kid asked me the other day, Daddy, am I black or white? I was like, what? I was like, you brown motherfucker, you in the middle. <laughs> He's like, because my friends at school, they're, they're, they're saying that, that I'm Mexican, I'm not white. And I was like, you're Mexican, no, buddy. You know what you tell them? You tell them to say, what is, what is your kid name? Sony. That's that's who he is. Sony. Yeah. That's what I tell my kids because they mix. They black, black and Mexican. If they ask you what's your culture or anything, you tell them you Diego. You tell them you Dante. That's who the fuck you but are. Isn't that fucking crazy? Now that we're older, you know, because we're in the same generation, bro. Yeah. I never thought. I looked in the mirror when I was 13 and like, I wonder what I'm going to be when I'm 30. You know, like, what am I going to be when I'm older? Now I'm a fucking 41-year-old daddy. And I'm like, God damn. The same problems exist now that existed then. Yeah. No, no, nothing is fucking it, changed, it's just, bro. Um, it's just been more amplified. It's been amplified. Uh, we can see it. It's instantaneous. Like, so I just want them to be like, everywhere. you got to you gotta try your best and listen, man. You got to keep your ear to the grindstone and be like, what's going on? Current event-wise, culturally, what, what, what do I got to pay attention to? And just try your best. You but it should not hold you back. Nothing, man. You don't, you're no different than fucking Timmy down the block. Tommy down the street. I'm about to say, I was, I was driving the other day. You know what I dreamed of? I was like, man, what, if I ever become a fucking billionaire, the first thing I would do is open up a bank and just give it to minority Loans. business. Yeah, mm-hmm. loans to mm-hmm. minority business. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I want to prop you the fuck up and help you get where you're going. Mm-hmm. Y'all need, need to understand that. Um, but you have small, and I, I was talking to my brother the other day. He was like, oh, man, because he actually has his own business. And he spent 12 years in jail, came out. Start his own business, dude. American fucking dream, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, he 12 years in jail for murder. He should, which he didn't even do. This tell you about racism. He went to 12 years for jail for murder for trying to prevent people from doing a crime. <sighs> but apparently he didn't do enough to prevent it. Like, he was in the house with a girl trying to chill. Somebody, there was some commotion. So he came out. whoop de woo like he did his part, he got him all off the dude or whatever. The dude eventually still died, but it was like, what? How fast? Like he came out there as soon as they, he, it was brought to his attention. Like you should be giving this guy a medal instead. You put him in twelve years in jail. Why was that? Because he was black. Because he was yeah. 
You, exactly a white why. guy would have got a medal oh. for that shit. Even if the guy died, oh, he risked his life and put his life in danger the to save the savior. Yeah. Right. Black man go to jail. But still came out, opened up his own business, didn't stop there. So he was calling me. He was like, yeah, you know, I ain't get this. P- I need to, f-. you know, he in North Carolina. And he was like, yeah, you know, the PPP and stuff. And I was like, look, Donnell, like, you know, one, it's all about relationship with banks. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, when you're talking money, it has nothing to do with color. Yeah, Let's bro, get something man. straight. You know what I'm saying? What have While you done you, for me you, lately? You, right. Show me them financials. Show me right. your, what do you got? What are your projections? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. while, yes, it is, it is true, more people of color. And you got some banks like Chase Bank. I'm going to call him. I'm going to bank with Chase. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, uh, and I actually like Chase, but I got a I got a relationship with the person at Chase Bank. So they're going to do everything in their best favor to help exactly. you. So a lot of people don't realize this is about relationships, yeah. bro. You need to get well, it. That's why it's called know you, relationship you know banking. Yeah. Like, I got a relationship at Bank of America. Dude, Everybody I, hates Bank of America. It, it, you know, it and, it does, and it's like, I'm Mexican. At Bank of America. It's the relationship. And it's just like they look at what we do and when we look at what they provide. And it's like, okay, you know what? You can help me. You obviously like what we're doing. So let's fucking make it happen. And you have that same relationship with Chase. You that relationship. I heard um, a, 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 it was a talk with Master P. Yep. You know what's funny? I like Master P now. And I like, I used, I was a big Wu-Tang fan. So we would always have fights. You said you, you, you were a big I'm still Wu-Tang fan. All right, motherfucker. All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's correct. <laughs> Huge. I mean, I almost got that tattoo. Like, shit. Shit, I almost got a gangster tattoo on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't even tell nobody about that. But, you know, if we used to always, I hated like uh, the whole no limit because mm? I was around the same time and I didn't hate him. Yo, but Masterpiece I was, from, I was from Chicago, so we will fucking battle like who was battling like, and I was since I was Wu Tang. Fuck them, they they need rap. But Master P, what? He was fucking business he, oh, oriented. Bro. But now I listen to yeah. it. And I actually like the music because yeah. I'm no longer worried about oh. I'm just not this like, versus that, that right. versus this. And uh, you take it for whatever it, it is. But he had a talk and he was like, you know what? I remember this is when he learned something. When he was having a conversation with Warren Buffett, didn't know who Warren Buffett was. Now, 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 take a break and it, say that. Master P having a fucking conversation, conversation with Warren Buffett, bro. Not even knowing who Warren what Buffett was. What the fuck? Not even knowing who he was. But Warren Buffett was dropping some dimes on him and knowledge on him. You know what I'm saying? And he sponged it. He sponged it. It wasn't until afterwards somebody told me, you know who the fuck you're talking to? One of the richest men in America. Yeah. World. You don't know who you're talking to. Doesn't so matter. when you talk to somebody, so I, I, which is funny because I take that same, like, dude, some of the best people I've met to help me grow were basically sitting down having a drink and having a conversation. And they, they on the same page. Like, oh, shit. Start dropping dimes on me. Like, I got a guy whose number I got. Like, I can't wait till I'm up to part to get, because I already got his number. Call him, let him know. I met him at GABF. And he was like, dude, when you're ready to get into the, you know, the stores and to, especially, because I always mm-hmm. want to be in a military base. Like, one of my dreams is, hey, you go to the NEX, I'm there. Oh, tell us a brewery. Like, but he, uh, he's been working with Coronado Brewery and all that other stuff, and they all on the military. So he already got that inside. Like, I want my cans to be there. You know what I'm saying? So now, right now, when we getting ready to start canning, and I'm not talking about like this where we just wrap the cans up ourselves, like homie baby steps. It's a, that's where it all starts. It's where it all starts. Like I want, I wanted to be on. I wanted to be there. And guess what? Guess who I'm gonna call? That, that dude. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You didn't so, know who he was when you met him. You didn't know what he could provide. He didn't know who I was. But here you are. 
almost at the crossroads of where you guys can help each other. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know he was into beer. It was mm. nearly, we were just sitting at the bar, started talking, and boom. He was like, I'm this guy. I'm like, shit. I'm like, well, this is what I do. Just so happy. So, you know, when you're dealing, you treat everything as a business. Everywhere yes. you go. Every interaction has to be, what can I learn from this person? Exactly. What can this person, what can I teach this person? Where can we both grow? Because if you, the book, man, unfuck yourself. It, it, fucking download it. Listen as an audible book. Like, like whatever. Like, just listen. It's only like six, I think four to six hours long if you listen to it as an audible book. But it's going to open doors for you because you're like, oh, shit, I am putting mental blocks. I am fucking myself by not doing certain things. Tim, damn, homie, this is the longest podcast I've ever done. I love it, man. This was two. Uh, this is this is a two fucking hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get to work in like twenty minutes. <laughs> and you drunk? Don't tell me. Oh, I'm what not drunk. Fuck? I've only had two beers. Did you drunk? I had. <laughs> I, I'm still at a half. One. We've and a been half. on here two hours usually, <laughs> and two hours. Um, it's over. Usually, this is like two, maybe three podcasts. But we've we've talked. We've drank. We've. I've given you a commitment. I'm giving you my fucking commitment. I'm looking. I'm going to reach out to you fucking once a month, doggy. Once a month. We're neighbors here on the block. Yeah. Just to chat. Um, not necessarily in the podcast. Just to reach out to be like, yo, what's going on? What's cracking? What, what can we do together collectively to push Third Avenue to the next level? Right. You know, like that's what I'm going to be committed to do moving forward. Just basically on what we spoke about today. Um, I'll, I'll always have you on the fucking podcast, bro. Whether it's you're releasing Dude. a new beer. Whether it's you're opening a new spa. Whatever the fuck you got to talk about. You, you, you mad? Your wife pissed you off. Your kid did this. Like I'll give you a That's fucking every day, bro. I'll give you a fucking platform. I love my wife, here. though. I love my wife. We all love our wives. What's wrong with you, Tim? Don't even put that shit out there. We're, I'm gonna give you a platform just to bring it up and 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 say your shit. Cause we're minorities in this game, in the brewing game. We represent less than three percent of what's going on in all Which, of but brewers. But you should focus on that. But it's a reality. We shouldn't focus. You can get lost in focusing on that. We obviously haven't. We're obviously we're, we're we're killing it in our own ways on what we're doing. So we're not focusing on what we are in this game. But we always got to know. For me, it's a motivating factor. It pushes me. It's like, all right, cool. This is what I'm cool. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Oh, force down to rise above. I'm gonna do it. Whatever motivates you. Yes, that's what you take and run with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think the greatest thing about that Jordan documentary Ooh. was that he would take. I haven't fake, watched he, episode nine or ten. Relax. Don't tell me. Don't but, tell me. I mean, the you ending. already know this part though. But he would take a fake motivation. He would make the shit up. Yeah. Just to motivate. Just to motivate him. himself, bro. Like whatever you got to do to that motivate. That was the coal you. to burn his fire. Like I do it all the time. I'm like, like that. You have to have some type of competition to push you. To get you going. Yeah. Like, push you against yourself, push you against a team, push you against an opponent, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Get you to the finish line. I don't give a fuck how you get there. Dude. It, it can take you 30 steps to get to that finish line, or it can take and, you two steps. A lot of people don't see it. It's not like I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, I'm in it. Like, I'm, this, I'm, Every day. I'm, I'm about this shit. Every day. I went to fucking, um, shit, I don't want to say fucking, but uh, you said it I, went times, <laughs> I went to Thunderhawk. I went to Thunderhawk, right? Huh? And, um. Motherfucker, we're going to Thunderhawk on Saturday. But, but I. Like, I had to catch myself from getting emotional. Like, I was talking to him, and I stopped talking to him. I don't know if he called it or not, but I, it was, I, I choked up because I didn't want to see my brother. We're close. losing a minority brewery in San yeah, Diego, Yeah, he said something. He was like, yeah, you're the last one, Tim. You're the last black guy. Hold it. 
And and I was and I almost got emotional, like fuck, dude. And I was talking, I stopped because I knew if I kept going, my voice was starting to crack. That's what made me. And I was like, fuck, dude. I'm gonna just stop, hold it, keep composure for a second, you know, and then change the subject, <laughs> you know. But it's like, dude, yeah, I get that. Like, it's not a lot of us. So and yeah, I get it. Like, dude. That was the actually that was you was crazy. We always knew knew of each other, and we hit back and forth on Facebook. But that was the first time me and him actually talked. He came by the brewery and stuff, and then, you know we talked with other guys who worked there and stuff. But me and him never actually had the chance to get together. We kept missing each other, and then to finally get to see each other, and I, I almost got, I was just emotional, man. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that leaves you as the last black-owned brewery. I'm pissed. Go ahead. I'm pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, dude, I need to, I, I, I need people to get out and support them. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Here go one thing I failed at. I say this was a failure on my part. When I opened up the brewery, there was almost desire for you not to know who I was, because I just wanted you to look at the beer. You know. I didn't realize that, you know what, I should have been the face. You know, now I'm the face, not by choice. It was by force, but now I realize that I should have been the face from the beginning. I should let people know that, yes, this is me doing this. I fucked up on the beginning of that part. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I'm still, I still feel like I'm catching up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, because of that, a lot of people still don't realize that Chula Vista Brewery is black owned. Or even Mexican, had Mexican minority owned, you know. Yeah, bring it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that because I just wanted people to look at the beer first. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I faltered at. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really getting out there. You know, but this guy was out there from the beginning, bro. We lost one. Yeah, we we, and, and, I, and yeah, I fucking I mean, say we, bro, because like I mean, dude, what he was putting out was fucking on a what a three top a three barrel system notch on a three. Barrel system. I mean, the shit that he and for, was, okay, for people who don't know what a three-barrel system is, basically, you got to brew five times as much to brew to the capacity of what you got to put out for people to actually appreciate. Because most people brew on a 10-barrel or a 15-barrel or, or, or higher. Motherfucker was brewing on, the, on a three-barrel system. That's a nano brewery. brewery. You know, nano. nano brewery. In San Diego. So it's like, shit. Bro, we, we, we lost one. With Jonathan and Thunderhawk, that leaves, you said, one black-owned brewery? From the top of the head, I want to say there's only two Mexican-owned breweries. That means there's three black Mexican-owned breweries in San Diego right now, bro. Border X, Chula Vista Brewery, and Three Punk Ales. We got to work hard to keep this get this train moving, working together. Because at, at that point, it's like a fucking fraternity. At that point, bro, we're like yeah. three heads. Yeah, I mean, and I'm probably I'm probably overlooking somebody. There might be somebody else out there. I don't know. But uh, but that goes into. But if I can count you on one hand, we fucking we we under we, yeah we yeah. fucked up and we we're underrepresented like a motherfucker. Totally underrepresented. But that, whose fault is that? Do you blame that on the white man? No, hell no. no you blame that no, on each other. No, yeah, that's our yeah. fault. But I mean, it, this game requires a lot to get up. You know, in, th- in this industry, you, you just I can't wake no, up and say, look, I want to open a brewery. Yeah, you can, because I didn't have no money. But you had you had yeah. the know-how of where to get the money. Yeah. So there should be something out there for us to 
to realize that there is money out there for us to obtain. But I had to find it. Yeah. You I, had to it, hustle. I had to hustle. You I had, had to, to hustle. figure it out. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So that's Absolutely. the difference. Yeah. That was the difference. What do you want to teach your kids? <laughs> that the fucking it's out there. You just yeah, gotta find. You gotta it. find. It. You, that, that's you just gotta look for it. The hustle is inside of you because it's inside of me. You just gotta go out there and find it, and it's gonna be there. You know. So I don't know if it's that third born on third base. I mean, fucking it, mentality. But it's dude, like you gotta dude, you gotta have it. I, I, I treat this shit like monopoly money, man. Oh, go ahead. Because it's make believe. I, I look, dude. I got all this fucking property, all this shit, and I ain't seen a dime of it. But it's there. It's there. And one day what? One day it's going to come to fruition and your yeah. kids are going to be able to take it over. One day you and Dahlia hopefully will fucking be uh, able to like cherish some of that shit that you put into yeah, it. Yeah, but I, it, like I don't I, when I get paid mm. by the government, I ain't, I ain't seen the fucking check of cash. It's all electronic. Yeah. It's all electronic. Yeah. Brewery, mainly all electronic. Yeah. POS is funny money, man. Funny money. So you need to quit having an attachment to money. Let that shit go. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the shit is not real. Mm. Let it go, bro. And once you let money go, you'll realize that it's out there. Because everybody trying to like, they they be like, oh, I ain't got the money. You got the money. You trying to hold on to it thinking that you need to save it. Or you got an investment like it's stocks. So you tell all me. All in. You telling me you'll go all in on some stocks, but you won't go all in on, on investing yourself. in yourself? What the fuck? So you don't know what that stock going to do. Guess what? You don't know what's in those people. I'll never fail myself. Right. I'll, I'll never let myself down. Yeah. If I'm going to put on, if, I, if I'm going to put money, all the money I have on something, it's going to be me. Me. Because right. I know I can hold myself accountable. And if I fail, and if I lose, it's no. because of me. No. And you, that's fucking weak mentality. Don't, don't, but I'm just saying. Don't say but, that shit. No, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, look, look. I'm never going to fail. Look, failing is okay. Because we learn. That's the biggest learn. lessons learned are from failures. You have to fail. Yep. You you should actually like like failure because not like it in a way like I need to fail all the time, but like it in a way I need to learn from this. And you most importantly need to learn from other people's failures, which a lot of people don't do. They see other people fail and they don't ask why why you fail and try to figure out and say I'm not gonna do that. You get what I'm saying? But failure is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You need to learn from it. Timothy. Parker from Chicago, 20 years military in the Navy, entrepreneur, Chula Vista, family man, father of two. Fuck yes. This was a killer fucking show, man. Dude, this is the longest podcast yeah. I ever did. <laughs> Motherfucker, you and me both, this is two minutes and ten. No, I'm sorry. Two hours, two hours. and ten minutes long. Shit. And none of this would be possible without the sponsors of Lolita's Mexican Food. <laughs> <laughs> and the Balboa Avenue Dispensary, but never forget the Miso Healthy Company. Thank you guys for you got, providing. You got Bro. Th- okay, this is another fucking thing. This shit, the Emo Brown thing, the Emo Brown podcast was birthed from zero, zilch, zero, de- nada, way, nada, cero, less than zero, negative denominator. And we just kept going at it. We just kept fucking like talking shit, interviewing people. Interviewing people that I look up to, interviewing people that I can learn from and like, okay, I can take from that. Boom, boom, boom. And now I'm like 80 episodes in. I appreciate everything and everyone who's been a part of it so much so that now sponsors are throwing money at us. Like, here, man, just say our fucking name in your episode and I'll give you this much money. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. And I'm like, Dude, that's motiv- a testament, bro, to like, me. you got to hustle, bro. 
You and, and my kids, my kids are like, Daddy, I want an emo brown shirt. And I'm like, why? He's like, because I see you, you work hard to get that. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get you one. And that's, for me, I'm a dickhead, bro. I'm, I'm hardcore. I, I don't have emotions. But the one thing I do get emotional about is when when I know I'm doing something and I know my, my, my family, my kids recognize it. I'm telling you, that is motivation, man. Let me tell you something. I always wanted to do a podcast. You were scared or what? No. Let's I, do I it. Just, I just never did it. Uh, it, it's not until today where I literally sat down for with you Two and it's like, man, I actually enjoyed this. <laughs> Tell me, this wasn't fucking like, fun. It, it was fun, man. All we do it, is we. we what do we fun. do? What do we do? We talked about you. Well, you know what? We talked about me. If I if I do decide to do a podcast, you're hmm. gonna be my first interview. I'm I'm here with so you, bro. We could, uh, Shit. To, to sit down for let, another let me tell you two about hours. The, let me tell you about the Emo Brown Podcasting Network. We got four podcasts underneath the Emo Brown title. Homie, get on board. We'll fucking get you on. We'll get well, you your I, own I, thing I, and I, handle it. I just want to be able to get on the mic and handle just talk, it. bro. Like, there it is. Like, you allow me an opportunity to get so much shit that, Go ahead. you know, been in the back of my head. Like, it's I not healthy there. Share with people. It's not healthy there. Well, I share it with people when they ask, but mm-hmm. like, like now it's like, dude, all right. Like, my wife, he asked me, why do you fucking do that? Why do you do that? And I was like, you know what? Honestly, it's therapy. I get it. I I have shit on my mind, and I want to spit it, and I just want to get it out. Yeah. Other artists, like I'm not a fucking artist, but artists, like either they're rappers and, and or poets, and they spit their shit and they get it off their fucking chest, and it's gone. Artists go home, they paint it, they put it on canvas, and it's on. Me, I get to talk about my kids, my family, my business, things that are bothering me, things that are motivating me, things that are kind of like taking me to the next level, and I get to bounce it off somebody else. Sometimes they bounce it back. If not, it's like a dud. You, it was awesome. Like we went back Thank and you. forth, Appreciate fucking. It. We went back and forth for over two hours today. Um, we're on the same block. We're the same fucking person. <laughs> we're the same fucking person, bro. Yeah. You know, we hustlers. We got families. You're gonna be back. I'm gonna have you on here. Shit, I'll have you on here once a month, homie. If you got some shit, hey, you gotta, we do this know, thing. Man. Call me, bro. We got drunk. We spit our shit. You got drunk. I'm about to go to work. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm the one I who's fucking done. I now got Timothy to get the work. Nobody's going to say shit about the fucking Fernet that's in front of you, though. I'm going to take a picture of it, though. <laughs> Timothy Parker, Chula Vista Brewery, thank you very much for coming on here. I'll see you very soon. All right, gracias.